episode 13 of College Kings is here as the season has unwinded all the way down to rivalry week, baby. It is almost over. It's happiness and sadness. Co-host CDM. How are you feeling, man? It's almost over, bro. Dude, it feels like college football just happened like three weeks ago, and now we're already at the end of the season. Jeez. About to after after this week, we go into championship week, and then we go into you know bowl season, mm. bowling, and then we go into playoff season, mm. and then natty, and then we have to wait till August again for football. Mm. It's very sad. It's very, very saddening. Very very sad. Yeah. But you know, good things always have to come to an end for them to start again. So you know. Can't get too down yeah. during this time. You know, we always have to look forward to to the end because it's going to be explosive. It's going to be fireworks. We don't know what's going to happen at this point. You're damn right. That's the thing. It gets sad that it's over, but this is the best part. This is the mm-hmm. best part of the season, and everyone loves it, especially if your team is still in it. We were just wee little heads. Episode one, week zero, we didn't know what we were getting ourselves into. Quite possibly, is this... This could be the best college football playoff season of the four teams in a long time. Oh, yeah. They could all be undefeated. I mean, it's insane how competitive it has been this season. It's one of my favorite seasons of all time. And I just I'm just happy that we did college kings for this season. Same, as we same dude. Hey, it was a it, perfect season to start it on. Absolutely yeah, perfect season. Perfect right right as we get into that that 12-team playoff next year, which will be even probably more insane as we get to see some more teams in it. But, of course, we got to – let's give you all a little run through what we're going to talk about here today. Obviously, we got our headlines. Got some sad news out there in Florida State with Jordan Travis with a terrible injury. We'll kind of send our prayers there as well as Arizona Athletics. They're broke. $240 million just gone, vanished. What the heck's going on over there? We're going to see some athletics just – Pocket change. Oh. Oh, you think – Put in the back pocket, pocket. change. Put in the back can't, pocket. Can't, I'm not going to point any fingers, but you know, if $240 million surprisingly just goes missing, mm. surprisingly, mm. okay. And you know, you got homegirl over here pulling up in like, in, you know, a new Ferrari or, uh-huh. you know, a new Rolls Royce. Uh-huh. Not going to say anything, but no, no. Insinuations. Insinuations. You know, you know, just saying. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah, when she pulls up in the Rolls Royce, the bins, people are going to be Oh, yeah, in the bins, you know, something like that. Easy now, you know, but we'll talk about all that, and we'll talk about Cam Rising Super Senior's seventh season is returning to the Super duper senior. I mean, insanity, so we'll kind of give our thoughts on that decision, as well as a little bit of a season recap. There's been some great teams, bad teams, underwhelming teams, surprise teams. We'll give you all kind of our perspective on that as well as like i said 12 team playoff some of these teams are great but won't make the playoff this year 12 teams we might see some of these teams kind of slip into the cracks as we have more teams in the playoffs next season of course we'll give you our recap from last week's games insane games big time games uh teams punching tickets to championship games um so we'll give you all our thoughts on some of those big ones around the country and of course we'll close out this pod with are top six teams, Heisman Watch, and playoff predictions. Heisman Watch, hey, it's a two-man race, it feels like, right now. It really does. So, hey, those betters, those people that vote, I'm sorry, because you're going to piss someone off. And 
no matter what, there's going to be a wrong decision. It's going to probably be about 50-50, 60-40 in the entire country, depends on, depending on who wins. So I'm sorry for the people that vote on that. That's just, you're not going to get it right no matter what. So um, we'll give all our thoughts, our expertise on that. Uh, on that beautiful race in the Heisman. And, of course, like I said, top six teams and playoff predictions. And then we'll close out the pod once again with our game picks. Yes, sir, CDM. Got a lot of game picks. Yes, we Got do. Got a lot of game picks this weekend. Hey, I said rivalry week. We can't leave out some of these big games, even though they might be blowouts. There's too many, you know, traditional. I left out some really good games. Just, I was just like, we can't be, we can't pick all the games. So, I had to leave out some of them, and there's some pretty big rivalries that we had to skip out on, but um, I tried to pick some of the Oh, we had to miss out on Southern Miss's rivalry against themselves? Yeah, we almost beat we, we almost beat the Bulls. Almost. Almost. 26-20 to 20 in, the, in the fourth quarter, who would have thought? 3-7. Uh, and seven. Hey, I count that as a victory. You know? Oh, my God. Stop. <laughs> it's a hey, to the top, baby. To the top. I should have wore, wore the Southern Miss gear uh, after that uh, you know, moral victory. Will Hall, please get fired. All right, hey, what am I doing? I don't, I don't call for people's jobs. That's that's me. That's me. But, but I will. <laughs> I, I, hey, I, I will. I will I'll raise so. my hand right there, brother. I will do that. <laughs> All right, let's get into this thing. Let's get some of this bad news out of the way. Sad news to start the pod. You never want to see anything like this in college football, but it is the reality of the sport. It is a physical, you know, brutal sport that we get to see and we love for it, but. Sad things happen. This is one of those things. Jordan Travis out for the season, and his college football career is officially over. After, a, I'm pretty sure, ankle break, dislocation, one of those things, leg break, it was nasty. It was nasty. We're not going to show gross. it on here on the YouTube version and the video version mm-hmm. out of respect, and like we said, it's nasty. And, and I was watching it at work, and I just looked up, and next thing you know, he went down, and it's just – 90 degrees and just ugh, yeah. ugh. it's one of those gruesome it's just one of those it's one of those injuries that you just hate to see happen to such a good player mm. i mean to somebody that's really led this florida state team to what they were about to be what they what they uh, were about to accomplish in this season was about to be insane because we haven't seen florida state be this good in a while yep. and without him this team would be nothing same way i say about Jaden daniels to lsu i say about jordan travis to florida state um you know, he's such a dynamic player, such a great player. And for him, for an injury like that, you know, I don't think it affects his draft stock. I obviously don't. Because, mm-hmm. um, you know, Hendon Hooker got hurt last year with an ACL and still got drafted in like the third round. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know, I think he'll fall a little bit. But at the end of the day, you know, it's more about the player at that point in the game. So glad he glad he was able to cheer the team on from the hospital and you know send him prayers in our uh, safe recovery as well especially going into the NFL where he will be playing on Sundays next year yeah man it's you never want to see like I said and you know one of my I mean he's his growth throughout the years you know he kind of got written off some of those seasons when Florida State was just not a good football team finally has a good enough team to actually you know make some you know make some noise in the ACC and Really, legitimately, they had a chance in this, you know, this season to make a run. You know, I mean, it wasn't unrealistic to say um, that they could have won a, a championship with him. And obviously, without him out there, it's it's those odds kind of flip. Uh, the, the the kid behind him is he's got he's got experience. It's not like he hasn't played. I have ball, no idea who he is. Yeah, I've seen him play, but you know, he's 
mean, he's not the start. He's not the starter for a reason. I'm about so. to say you did not sound confident saying yeah. that. <laughs> I've seen him play. <sighs> I can't say much. Uh, I mean, he his stats are not that great. <laughs> the stats are not that great, but. You never know, man. With that good of a team, sometimes it, it does, maybe you don't have to do as much as Jordan Travis was doing. Rely on the run game. Rely on that defense. You can win the you know the ACC. You're setting yourself up still for a playoff berth. So we'll see what happens. Um, but like I said, hate to see that Jordan Travis was one of my favorite players all season, especially after what he did to my LSU Tigers game one. You know, just looked impressive. You know, comfortable, confident, and you know, I hate it for the draft. You think it doesn't hurt his draft up? I hope it doesn't. These injuries are nothing to be, you know, to snooze about. Though sadly, it's not an ACL. Yeah. This is not an Achilles. This is a, this is a injury that we have seen kind of, you know, hinder careers. So I, I hope that he can come back fully, one hundred percent, even better. You know, the Dak Prescott injury is one that comes to mind. The, the, the Gordon Hayward in the NBA, very similar. I mean, literally. Oh, that one's just gross. I too. mean, I mean, seeing those plays, I've seen them in the UFC. You know, Conor McGregor was one where, you know, breaks his leg. And you see those nasty, just absolutely nasty injuries. And it, it, I don't have the statistics, but a lot of the time they don't come back the same. And I'm just hoping, you know, he can come back the same. The only reason it, it scares me is because he does rely on his legs. And that's a big part of yeah. his game. So It's a big part. You know, when it comes to NFL, I don't want to take away from, you know, the, the tragedy itself. But I hope he can come back fully healthy. You know, we see him, you know, back at full form when he gets drafted, wherever he gets drafted. We'll see. But um, send him my prayers, my wishes. I hope he is uh, – hope he gets to get that full recovery sooner rather than later. All right, CDM, let's get to some just weird, wild, insane news. This did break last Crazy. week. It's not, it's not new, but it feels like it has not been talked about enough in college. I mean, in, in just sports media in general, Arizona Athletics – or broke $240 million school-wide shortage after a significant miscalculation in their financial modeling, cutting teams is being considered. CDM, what are your thoughts on this pure and utter stupidity, brother? She hasn't gotten fired yet. Oh, jeez. Like, wow. Wow. how has she not gotten fired? I don't even know her name. I saw a video on TikTok. It is a woman. I know that. It has nothing to do with that. It just has to go with how she not gotten fired for losing $240 million. Like, school-wide, bro. That's insane. Yeah. I mean, you're ha- – I mean, just a ma- – do, do you have her name? Oh, I thought I did. I thought I did, but it was actually the president of Arizona. Uh... I mean, it's it's insane to me that $240 million for the athletic program has gone – has just gone up in the air. I don't know how you lose that much money. And now – now you jeopardize people's jobs, people's careers. You you uh, involve the students in their education and the scholarships that they have rightfully earned to be at that university. Mm. So, I mean, for something like this to be happened, there needs to be serious repercussions for that said person. And I think I think firing, I mean, that's the best way. You cannot lose $240 million to a university this big. Especially with the come up they're about, especially with the come up they're going to have in certain sports. I mean, baseball they're pretty good. Basketball they're good as well. Uh, football they're on the come up. Softball. I mean, every sport, every student athlete is going to be. Um, um, <clears throat> sorry, every student athlete at Arizona is going to be uh, 
targeted by this oh. just because of this just because of that shortage so i mean i think in my in my opinion serious repercussions and consequences need to happen because i mean once again if you once you involve the students that's where it just kind of draws the line i mean you're i mean you're messing with scholarships you're messing with people who have worked their asses off to get where they're at to, to get where they're supposed to be at this point and teachers as well like there was a astrology teacher over there at at Arizona that said, why hasn't she been fired? Why should we have to suffer consequences for her stupidity, for her actions? And I totally agree with that. I really feel like nobody else should face these consequences except this, this specific person. I mean, it makes no sense to me. Um, and for this to happen too, you know, I mean, once again, as I said before, you know, wouldn't be surprised a little pocket change was uh, submitted into somebody, you know what I'm saying? Mm. But, you know, I think I'm, th- I'm pretty sure that's way out of proportion, way out of perspective. But at the end of the day, you have to think about the students and the faculty that you really just screwed over. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I'm with you. I'm trying to find her name. I think. All right. Here we go. Uh, in June, the University of Arizona's chief financial officer, Lisa Rolney. Rolney. Yes, that's her. Yes, that's her name. Okay. Um. Yeah, she was the one that messed it up. And apparently, she kind of knew about it. She kind of warned them, but they. It was too bad that at that point. Um. It says right here that in COVID, they uh requested a um fifty five million dollar loan, which they haven't been able to pay back since. Um. Their budgets are is usually a hundred million dollars uh, in general, forty million coming, forty million. Okay, that's just the division. All right, and the the thing that's actually really interesting too is that uh, Arizona. They're not. I don't know this for a fact, but uh, um, I know that they are one of the few colleges that have some of the most athletics in the country with twenty three athletic uh, or twenty three varsity teams. So twenty three athletic teams. So. Okay. It's a lot, apparently, compared to other schools. Not a lot. All these other schools have that many, you know, athletic, you know, programs, and that's yeah. one of the highest in the country. So, I guess it, you have sports you can cut. At the end of the day, though, why you got twenty three programs that you can't pay for? That's the, <laughs> you know. What are you gonna do about the students who got full, who got like full time scholarships? What are you gonna do? Are you you gonna hit pay? it on the money. Are you still? Are you still going to pay them to go to school? Mm. Are you just going to take their scholarships away? And faculty as well, faculty that's been working there, are you really going to fire them because of your mistakes? I mean, other people should not be having to pay consequences for stupid, like stupid actions like this. And I mean, kind of warned them and kind of told them, kind of doesn't roll under this one, sweetheart. Okay. Mm. If you messed up, if you screwed up big time, get off your ass, come tell us because um, this is a very big situation. This is a very big problem for a university this size, especially with the move they're about to do going into the big 12 as well. I mean, it's insane. It doesn't make any sense to me how this, how she has not been fired yet. It blows my mind. Yeah. You hit it on the nail, you know. With them going to the Big Twelve, what does this mean for the athletes? More that's the big thing. It's like, all right, the school they they messed up. Like, all right, it's not the first time we've seen a school mess up. Like, well, Michigan's in a the biggest mess up in the entire country, and they're still you know winning games and stuff. But it's what is going to happen to these athletes that you know they've dedicated their lives. They moved some of them moved maybe to the country just to play for certain athletic programs here at Arizona. 
and now they just got to up in their lives and go somewhere else, go back home, you know, go to another university. They got to pay more money and got to pay more tuition. It's just like this is a whole entire situation where, oh, man, there's going to be a lot of finger pointing. There's going to be a lot of people accused. And like you said, you know, there's got to be, you know, when you fire someone here, some people might say it's a scapegoat situation. This doesn't feel like that. This feels like, hey, let's let's get this person out of this role. Like, how how do you mess up so bad that, you know, you allow this to happen? Or, you know, even if you try to warn people it was too late situation, like, let's get them out. Like, get them out. Yeah. You know, let's, let's try and, you know, you know, clean slate this thing, figure out a solution, and try to move forward. Because, like you said, Big 12, it, this is, you know, this – that's a big conference, man. I know the Pac-12 yeah. is a Power Five conference, but you can't be. That's a weird way to enter, you know the the Pac, the Big Twelve. You know, kind of. How are they going to feel about this? You know, all the execs over there, like, all right, it's team game. Yeah, what are? I mean, <laughs> I don't even know if they're going to be able to help out. I mean, I don't oh, think no. they're going to be able to at all. Well, they'll get their money that you know they always get from the conference, but besides yeah. that, you know, I mean, you know, it says right here, forty million comes from the Pac-12, thirty million comes from ticket sales mostly football, basketball, and the final 30 comes from a philanthropist from whatever, philanthropic, philanthropy, philanthropy. Yeah, this girl won't even get a job at a bank if she screwed up this bad. (laughs) Bro, she better not have another job in finances at all, bro. Oh, never, dude. Never, (laughs) ever. But keeping it in the Pac-12, um... Speaking of some, uh, speaking of a Pac-12 team, the Utah Utes yes. are getting their super duper senior to Utah. Nate, how do you feel about this move? And do you think it still gives Utah a chance to compete in the new conference next year with the veteran quarterback? Yeah, I mean, you kind of cut out there, um, so I didn't hear some of that, but I know what you're talking about, Utah here. Uh, with uh, uh, Cam Rising, I love it, man. This is a this is a perfect move uh, for him specifically. Um, you're not gonna get drafted, first of all. If you do, it's sixth or seventh round. No one's gonna draft a kid that's coming off of an ACL injury that didn't play an entire season. So for him, great move for Utah. Hey, hey, go take a run at this Big Twelve, man. Who says you can't win the conference in your first season? I love the move for for both sides. You know. The the pig farmer, he was good. No one's saying he wasn't wasn't good, but you know, he wasn't He bamboozled me at the beginning of the season. I thought he was gonna be better than Cam. And that's the thing. Like he had moments where he played some really good technical football, but what Cam Rising brings is not he's not bringing, you know, he's not coming in here to play like, you know, these elite armed quarterbacks that are gonna get drafted in the first round, you know, top ten pick. That's not him. He's a gritty guy. That mold, he fits the mold of Utah, man. Like he he is mm-hmm. Utah. He is Utah. Like literally, bro. He is that team, man. Like watching him play, I've seen so many times where he, you know, dives for a first down, takes a hit, runs through him, gets a first down. You know, breaks a sack, finds a guy downfield. He's a tough, tough guy, and it's more about that factor for me coming back to Utah, bringing that energy to a great defense. They'll still be there. They'll still have some of that talent on offense. The coach, that coach is going to have them ready for any any task. I love their head coach um, pulling up in the Harley for the Pat McAfee show. That was, that was pretty ball. Mm. Um, but, yeah, man, this is a great move for both sides. I love Cam Rising. I love his grit, love his moxie. And that's exactly what Utah needs. It felt like Bryson Barnes 
had skills to win games, but he didn't. He didn't embrace Utah enough. Like either that or Utah didn't embrace him enough. I know Pick Farmer. Hey, that's that's a pretty. It's a pretty. You know, it's I, a I big respect, step up. I respect the Pick Farmer man, but you know, Cam Rising that you know the mullet, everything that comes with him, man. I mean, he he's a dog, and I gotta respect Cam Rising. And uh, good move, good move. I love to see him coming back to college football. About to say you're right on point with that. I totally agree with you. Did you know that he committed to? De- so this is how it all started. He committed to Oklahoma. Okay, mm. then decommitted from Oklahoma. Commits to Texas. Goes to Texas. Redshirts for a year. That's doesn't great. like what's doesn't like what's going on. Doesn't like where he's seeing himself coming into the future. Transfers to Utah, and then the rest is history. Jeez. Rest is rest is history. I mean, two Pac-12 championships, two Rose Bowl appearances. Um. Did he lose both those Rose Bowls? Yes, yes. they did. But, but they played their if you off. look at the game, but I mean, one of the the last Rose Bowl he was in, that's where he tore his ACL. But the Rose Bowl against Ohio State is where it really stuck out to me, where he stuck out to me as a player. Like this dude, this dude can do everything on the field that you need him to do. I mean, once again, as you said, he's not a top 10 pick. He's not going to be somebody that's going to wow you with special arm talent or, you know, break five tackles and find somebody deep in the end zone. Well, I mean, he could do that. We've seen it. <laughs> but as you said, with the grit, the passion, he is Utah. He is the Utah Utes. He is their quarterback. He is the man. So, yes, I really do like the move coming back. Seventh season, a little ridiculous. Yeah, a little, uh, you know, ridiculous. Super du- <laughs> little ridiculous. You know, super-duper senior over here kind of reminds me of Jack Abraham, you know. <laughs> Jack Abraham, you know, that, that old that old fart came, came, came in, you know, Southern Miss, Missouri, Mississippi State, everybody. He played everywhere, you know. Um, but I love it. I think this gives Utah a very big chance in the Big 12 next year, especially with Arizona, the way they're playing and the way they're going to be returning people next year on that team. Um, I think it's going to be between Utah and Arizona in that Big 12 champ in that Big 12 conference next year. We could we should see, but I do like the move for Cam staying back because this will also improve the draft stock to where he possibly could be a top 10, top 15 pick depending on who needs a quarterback. Cause you know, as we see in the NFL right now, everybody's got their guy. Yep. So it's just like, do you, if you want to ride the bench around this old dude, you can, I mean, I mean, look at the jets. I mean, when Aaron gets back, they don't have anybody. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, no, Aaron's not coming back, but yeah, I mean, no. like literally he could, he could work his way into a job. And that's, I think that's also part of that thought process too. What's the reason? There's no reason to go to the NFL. You're not going to get drafted probably with the whole injury that he faced, but yeah, man, that'll probably do us on our headlines. There is one thing I did want to show you, CDM. Um, kind of get your thoughts here on, you know, you know, this guy's given us some gold recently, and I, I just want to see what your, you know, thoughts are on, oh, Jimbo, or not Jimbo, Jim Harbaugh. My fault, Jim Harbaugh. You know, talking about what he likes to see in his locker room. A lot like my mom's bathing suits. I've seen them in one piece. <laughs> Locker rooms. A lot like my. <laughs> I don't know if I'd play for him as a player anymore. I think I is there. I mean, I'd hit the transfer portal right after that video. Uh, when I heard that, I was like, "This guy, this guy's batting, batting that's the, cringe. Bro, that is like cringe with you right there." He's batting a thousand at the mic, bro. He does not give a crap. He just says stuff at this point, bro. <laughs> I mean, look, look how much trouble he's in, dude. Do you blame him? Like, <laughs> hey, the master of deflection. He is. 
Hey, what's your what's your thoughts on the uh, entire investigation? You know, you're not being able to coach your team. You know, I like to see in my locker room. You know, like my my mom's bathing suits. I like to see them in one piece. You know, that's what I like to. Nope, do. nope. Jim, that was not the question. Uh, we're asking you about the investigation. <laughs> nice huh. question, guys. Uh, I like to see my but then team. You can investigate. <laughs> We're back. Sorry, we're having some minor technical technical difficulties here. Technical difficulties. If I can get the word. Um, technical difficulties. Saying that too, but uh, yeah, um, I don't know what the heck's going on. Computer's freaking out on me right now, so it might not be the last time it happens. So, um, but yeah, Jim Jim Harbaugh is uh, uh he's batting a thousand at the mic, and I just wanted to get your thoughts and your opinion and reaction to those comments. All right, CDM, let's get into a little bit of a season recap here. Let's talk about some teams that surprised us, some teams that disappointed us. You know, there's there's some teams out there, man, you know, that uh, came to the season with some real high hopes, real high hopes. And boy, oh, boy, did they disappoint. And some teams, you know, mm-hmm. some of these teams came out here and overplayed expectations so we're gonna start shock the nation hey shock the nation we got some teams out here that have a chance to even maybe sneak into the playoffs cdm how about you start us off real quick here what team was the biggest surprise to you this season mizzou oh my gosh missouri by landslide bro mizzou showed up and showed out because everybody was expecting like you know 11 losses like at least not 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 above five hundred. That's what everybody. They were projected at to least... finish last in the East, bro. Under Vanderbilt. Yep, they were projected uh, to finish last. I would if have not, taken that if as not disrespect. second last. To uh, yeah, exactly. I would have taken. Uh, yeah, that's big disrespect. That's like, oh, uh, you got me losing under Vanderbilt. Mm. No. No, this isn't baseball, buddy. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> Missouri was the one that surprised me the most. I mean, for them to beat all the odds and people say that they're not going to be above 500 to being at, what are they, 9-2 and two right now? Yep. Yeah, 9-2. And, and the way they've been playing, you know, went toe-to-toe with Georgia for four quarters was absolutely amazing. So, you know, Mizzou was the team that very like really surprised me and, in my opinion, surprised all of us around the country. Mm-hmm. Um the most disappointing team, in my opinion, and a lot of people may not agree with me, but the more I looked at it, the more I really thought, like, you know, this team had a lot of hype coming around them, and then it just kind of fell off. It would be the Notre Dame fighting Irish. I like Kind of disappointed. Okay. Kind of disappointed me, especially with Sam Hartman coming in as their starting quarterback. You know, finally got a guy that can sling the rock, put it downfield, uh, doesn't have to really rely on his legs as much rather than rely on his arm talent and the, what he can do inside of the pocket. Um, but, you know, for them just to get three losses and have all this hype around this amazing defense that Marcus Freeman has formed around and this offense that can finally be electric and, you know, shock everybody of, you know, Notre Dame not scoring over 30 points a game. That's what Notre Dame's not used to doing, or we're not used to seeing that. And finally, Sam Hartman comes in, um, makes that push for it. And then the Ohio State game happened. And then the Louisville game happened. Mm. And then the Duke game happened. They may have beat Duke, but still, that was was a closer game than expected. Clemson happened. I mean, just all like those three losses. The three losses are bad. Don't get me wrong. 
Um, but you know, so much talent, so much uh, hype coming out out of the season was very disappointing for me to see Notre Dame because honestly, they had a chance to do like they had a chance to beat Ohio State. They had a chance to go and put and make a playoff push, just like as every other team would. Just as every other team has an opportunity, they had one of the biggest opportunities and still couldn't hit on it. Yeah, yeah, I like your teams, man. That there was some. You know, I can't disagree on that big surprise, but uh, I had two teams wrote down, so I'll say the other team. I did have Missouri. Um, it was kind of hard to, take, to pick between these teams, so I'll say the other team. I got to go with Louisville, man. Um, yeah. They were another team that had really kind of – like no one thought they were going to be horrible, but like no one thought they could win the ACC. That was not a possibility coming into the season. And, you know, when you looked at the roster, I mean, there was not much that was like, oh, this guy's jumping off the paper for me. This guy is like, oh, I mean, they they might not have this, but they have this guy, you know. Um, they didn't have much of that. They just got a lot of guys in a lot of good places, and and their coaching is very impressive, a hard-nosed football team. I mean, this team should be undefeated. They just slip up once against Pitt, you know. If they don't lose that game, they'd be legitimately in the playoff race, like, they, they need oh yeah, help. they'd be undefeated. They need help now, but like if they don't lose that game, they are in the playoff race with a very. Well, good Well, I mean, chance. if they win the ACC championship, then they're. I think they're in. They have I think a they're totally. They in. have a chance. They need some help, I think, but. But um, they would totally get walked over. In the playoffs. Yeah, I mean that they're, they're not going to win, but they could get in there. What if they did though? I, what if they did? That'd be a Cinderella story, right? But I would be. I would love to watch that. Cha- if if Louisville made a championship game this year, I would love to watch that game. Yes, I would. I would. Watch it'd be it. like T. It'd be like the TCU of last year. Yeah, hopefully they don't get beat by like sixty uh, in the championship game if they make it. Um, but yeah, Louisville, very surprising. You know, have a chance for the ACC championship. I mean, and like I said, with a little bit of help, you might make a play in the playoffs, man. And that's just no one, <laughs> no one had Louisville. In their playoffs, so uh, I don't want to hear that. I I don't even know if Louisville fans thought that coming into the season. So, um, but uh, yeah, biggest surprise for me um, has to be Louisville. Biggest disappointment. I mean, there's some teams. You know, I went back onto the top, the first top ten. I mean, first top twenty-five, and you go, you look at it, and obviously, top, first top twenty-five doesn't mean anything. It's always you go look back at it. You're like, what the. They really thought this team would be that good. Like it's every single season. It's it's every year consistent. But looking back at where teams were set up, where they were ranked, I think it comes down to three teams. I did not think Notre Dame. And when you said it, I was like, dang, I can't believe I didn't think of them. Which I, I do like that a lot. It came down to three teams for me. I'll say all three of these teams: Clemson, USC, LSU. And I'm gonna have to go LSU, man. I'm gonna have to go LSU. And my only yeah. reason is because out of those three teams, people actually thought LSU had championship aspirations this season. And and it's one thing to lose only to Alabama and you're knocked out. It's one thing to lose only to a Georgia and be knocked out. This team's lost three games. You know, they lost to Florida State, Ole Miss, and Alabama. And, yes, those are all top ten-ish teams. And Ole Miss is around that brink. But, you know, three losses for a team that had legitimate playoff aspirate people thought they could win it you know it's not like people were just saying they could make the playoffs they maybe could win the sec you know they people thought they could actually pull it off and you know seeing what they did this season and obviously the offense is a championship offense but that defense is far from it and you hate to see that when you got a guy like a Jaden daniels on your squad but 
Hey, that's the reality of this sport, man. It's just, hey, some, some things just don't go your way, and the defense was not prepared for a championship run. And and I just have to just be honest. I do believe LSU was the most disappointing team due to expectations, due to talent, and, you know, due to last year. It's not like this team just came, came out of nowhere. Everyone was just like, oh, they're, they're going to be good. Like, they won the SEC West last year, and and – then they do this this season. They take a step back somehow when Jaden Daniels is having an elite Heisman. You know, you lose only one game to that. If you only lose to Alabama. He's the clear-cut Heisman favorite, in my opinion. So, um, Oh, yeah, for sure. So Factual. It has to be It has to be LSU for me when it comes to most disappointing. It's a little homerish, but also, like, this team This team was a championship team. This was supposed to be a championship team, and you're not even, even going to sniff that. Like, you're not even number two in the SEC, number three, number four. Barely number, not even number four. So, um, I like how you said USC being a disappointing team when they were just always the disappointment. Like, they, I mean, been, think of them yeah. like as the redheaded adopted stepchild. Like, think of them as the redheaded stepchild that you just never wanted. Yeah, but uh, you somehow got, and it just never, he never peaked. He never had the potential. He just never. I mean, you you could polish him out and see if you can find it, but it's just not there. You know, it's just not there, and that's what USC is. Yep, that's what USC. But um, speaking of your three teams, I have three teams that could make a push for the 12 next year, in my opinion. Oh, okay. Three teams that can actually make a legit shot at making the 12-man playoff next year. And I'll start it off right here. I got Ole Miss. I think Ole Miss can actually do it. I think Lane Kiffin can is that coach to at least get them to a 12-man playoff. You have 12 slots, man, okay? Oh, you you got to be one through 12, okay? You can't really screw this up right now. You can't screw it up unless you lose some some BS game. Mm. But Ole Miss is one of them. Mizzou, if they keep up what they're doing and carry that momentum into next season and possibly get a better defense than what they had this year, then I honestly think that Mizzou can make a push to to be in that 12-man playoff. And then my final team, and it's a team that you know everybody thinks that they can make the playoffs every year. I think they can do it. They really can't do it. They're always disappointing even though I still love them to death, it is Penn State. I think that since an, we an expansion is coming, we are Penn State. Let's go, baby. Um, if we if they can just – if James Franklin could just muster up some courage to be either an Ohio State or Michigan just one time next year, just one time, then you're automatically in a playoff lock. You just can't lose more than two games. Whoever loses two games next year is going to make it into the playoffs. But they need to they need to figure something out, especially with the Big Ten expanding. But those are my three teams. Ole Miss, Missouri, and Penn State. I like that. I like that a lot. Um Oh man. Man oh man. This is uh this is a fun topic, man, because twelve teams, everybody's ready to see it. And you know, seeing it this season, how competitive it is, I can't even imagine what next season's gonna be like with the competition level probably even getting closer with all the nil and transfer portal i mean it's probably going to be even better than this season um that'd be a little hard to believe with how you know competitive everybody has been um but uh when it comes to three teams i like you know maybe slipping into there uh i like your Ole miss pick Ole miss um bringing back dart you know bringing back uh a good bit of that talent in the receiver room uh, Lane Kiffin's he's been close, man, and 
And if they're only losing to Alabama, then they're going to be setting themselves up pretty nicely for a, a possible berth in that 12-team uh, playoff. Um, number two team for me has to be another green pick here, Missouri. Brady Cook coming back. You do lose Schrader, which is a massive piece. But with everything happening in the transfer portal, there's got to be a running back out there saying, Man, they use mm. they they use Schrader a lot, man. I would love to maybe put be put into that system. They're gonna land a guy in the transfer portal. I'd be shocked if they oh, don't yeah. with how much they use Schrader. And obviously you're not gonna just find a Schrader on the street. It's not like these guys are just, you know, Man, they need trace. to land some defensive recruits out of the portal. Oh my yeah. god. Yeah. Like I know I mean, if you land a running back, congrats, but I mean you need to hit that defensive portal immediately. Yeah, they need. They could get a maybe a couple guys there. You know, they've had some rough stretches. You know, and it's crazy. They're the only team that really have given all, uh, Georgia a run for their money. Besides, you know, Auburn. Hey, hey, Auburn did. Yeah, I was. About, I was getting there. I was getting there. Auburn gave them. But gave we'll them talk a about Auburn later. Yeah, yeah, we will. We will talk about Auburn. Talk about Auburn later in the, in the podcast. That's a full circle moment. And then the last Ooh. team. <laughs> <laughs> The last team that I think could make a playoff push is a team that I could think I think could make a little bit of a run in the Big Twelve as well as that team is uh, in their first year coming up uh, next season. The team that is broke, the Arizona hmm. Wildcats. That money, like they, they that don't need that too. money. They got talent. Fafilia, a freshman, he will be back. I love, I love this team. I love their coach. Um, it's interesting because. When you look at how does this team lose to a Mississippi State, you know, besides that, they lose to USC when they shouldn't have. They lose Mm -mm. to Washington in a great game, you know, and those are their three losses. You don't lose to Mississippi State. You're looking at them like, geez, this team is literally, I think it's like a, let's see. Yeah, they just beat the dog shit out of, oh, sorry. They just beat the dog crap out of, um, out of Utah. Like, they just Beat them senseless. Beat like the first senseless. two quarters, it was just they got a twenty-eight nothing. I was like, "Oh my god, dude, <laughs> this team is good." Team is like, good. like Utah was good during the. I mean, they were both good coming into this game. Don't get me wrong, but I mean, I thought Utah would have a little bit more on them. Dude, Arizona dude. came in and just wrecked house. Dude, yeah, the, like, if, I'm talking about listen just, to this. Listen to this. They lost. Just throw away the Mississippi State loss if they win that one, right? They would have. Only lost their two games by a total pointage of nine points between USC and Washington. Two of the better teams. Well, they shouldn't even lost to USC. I'm laying yeah. in my bed right behind me. I'm laying in that bed, okay? And I am just watching TV. I see the USC-Arizona game on, and I'm just like, okay, well, Pac-12 football at night is right. probably some of the best football that you could ever watch oh, sometimes because yeah. it's like you stay up till at least 12, one in the morning <laughs> watching football. Yes. So, I mean, that's fun. That's the one thing I'm going to miss about the Pac-12 is Pac-12 at night. Those games are fire. Yep. I mean, those, that, those are one of my best parts of college football. Imagine coming home like for, you know, night on the town with your boys and you just come home, you just crack open a cold one, turn on the TV, there's still more football. Yep. But I'm sitting like, I'm laying in my bed and I'm watching this game. And I'm like, dear God in heaven, man. Arizona can really win this game right now. But this is when I was on my USC stuff. Now that we have all established that. Let's go Wildcats. Yeah, dude, I was, I have to be, well, I live with two babies, so I have to be super quiet. Let's go Wildcats. But, oh my gosh, I'm standing up and I'm just like, yes, yes. And then next thing you know, I mean, they get the ball back and they send it in overtime. I'm like, oh my God, dude. 
Arizona, you could actually do it. And this is when USC was starting to fi- – like people were starting to figure out USC was garbage. Now we all know USC themselves know that they are garbage. Yeah, so I'm glad they have actually – That's crazy, right? Seven and five. <laughs> That's seven so- and five, dude. Like trash. Just trash. <laughs> Bums. Cheeks. Buns. They got got waxed by UCLA, bro. Dude, I I mean, they just got murdered. Like, I mean, the offense didn't look good. The offense did good look. I mean, defense didn't look good. Special teams. This team is trash. But back to to your Arizona pick. Arizona has got so much talent, so much time to grow as a team. I can see them in the next maybe two, three years being in the Florida State of this year. You you understand what I mean? Yeah, Fafilia, senior. Coming yeah. in there, I like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, you know, coach him up, get some players around him. NIL and transfer portal have have hit. So I mean, I in the next two or three years, I expect Arizona to be the Florida State of this year. I keep saying his name wrong. It's Fafita. Yeah, Fafita. Fafita. I keep saying Fafilia. He's a dog, bro. Dog. Like, he is a monster. He is. He is an absolute monster, man. I mean, sorry. Yeah, uh, he. For a freshman, for him to come in and play like he has, it's – and he's got his – I think he's got his teammate from high school on the same team, McMillan. So, you got a little bit of a connection there, and he's their number one guy. So, um, nice. Hey, hey, I love to see that. But, yeah, Arizona. that'll that, do our – Yeah, that'll do our little team sneaking into that 12 team. I'm so excited for the 12 team, man. Uh, hey, real quick, how successful do you think it is? Do you think it's going to be perfect? Oh, uh, no, it's not. There's no way. There's no way. There's going to be one team. There's going to be a couple teams that are left out next year that you're just going to scratch your head on. Like, should they, though? And especially, I think it's going to be the SEC teams. Yep. I mean, especially adding in Oklahoma and Texas, I think there's going to be some SEC teams that have that are going to miss out. Yeah, there's going to be um, that case. Probably SEC is always going to be better than the the better teams in this conference, and there's always going to be that. Yeah, debate. exactly. I mean, I don't think it's going to be perfect, but I do think it. I think they're going to buff it out in the next couple years. I don't know. I have to see it first. I have to see it happen, and I don't know. They may have to do like what the NBA is doing, do like a little in season tourney for like seating. Yeah, yeah. Hey, that, that's not bad. That's not bad. We'll uh, see, man. NCAA, NCAA, give me a call. Give, give me a call. Give me a call. All right. That'll do it for us on our 12-team playoffs, you know, mini predictions in a way. Uh, that'll do it for our season recap as well. Let's get into our weekly recap, CDM. Big games around the country. Had a lot of fun games. Had a lot of fun games. You know, coming into the week, we were like, ah, there's not many ranked matchups. There's not many of them. There ended up being a lot of good football played, you know. Interesting football upsets around the country you know um one upset that i was very happy to see and we'll talk about that one in a minute upset of the week upset of the year upset of the year i'll just say it like that um insanity but uh let's get into the big game of the weekend the biggest game the funnest game the most competitive game washington huskies get the job done against a very very tough beaver squad and dj Ooh, long I practiced it. I practiced you ungulale. I practiced it and I messed it up. But, um, <laughs> but yes, that team over there in Oregon State, uh, they played their butts off and really, really tried to get that job done and really mess up the Pac-12 and, like Nolan said, kind of cannibalize the conference. But Washington was once a once again able to get another victory to stay undefeated. CDM after that gritty gritty game 
you know, showed a little bit of a different way that, you know, Washington showed ways they can win. They showed a different way they can win now. Um, after that, do you think the Huskies have already peaked, though, earlier in the season, or can they still win it all? I mean, 22 to 20. So it was a rainy game. It was cold. Um, Oregon State came out very to play rainy. like they usually do. Very, very rainy. I mean, it was, it was, it was some heavy rainfall during this entire game. Um, Washington offense still looks good to me. Um, I still think they have the best wide receiving core in the country. A top five, top three wide receiver right now in the country in Owuzie. Um, dude is a dog, especially with Michael Penix throwing in the ball. One thing that opened my mind, opened it up was the defense actually didn't play bad this game. Holding the team, holding this team only to 20 points with a high scoring offense that they have. Um, holding it, holding Oregon State to 20 points was, I think, in my opinion, a victory for that defense because right. it kind of showed that they could stay in, and they could stay in play and not crumble under some pressure, especially when a game is so close. Because I mean, that final, uh, those couple final drives for Oregon State, they drove down the field. Yeah. I mean, they drove down the field, but uh, Washington came up with some stops when they needed to. Um, do I think they've peaked? I think they have peaked. I totally think they've peaked. They have not looked as good since Oregon, and everybody in the country has noticed it. Um, I think Oregon is noticing it as well. I think they're getting ready for some revenge in the uh, next week or in the next couple weeks when it comes to meeting them in Vegas again because they are going to Vegas. They, it's going to be Oregon versus Washington in Vegas, and I think Oregon gets it done. I think Washington – I think Washington's court – I think the uh, – the offense is just doing what they need to do, but I don't think that defense is going to be ready for what Bo Nix is doing right now. Bo Nix is on fire. No. Bo Nix is a, is the front runner for the Heisman right now. I mean, basically, if he has a good game this week and the and he wins the Pac-12 championship game, I think you just go ahead and slap a bow on it and put his name on it and sign it to him. Because, I mean, the way that they've been playing compared to how Washington's been playing, Washington has been letting teams just sneak around, stay in the games, keep things close. Um, you can say the USC game was kind of a blow, was kind of a big win scoring wise, but I mean, if you really look at it, was it though? I mean, it was like a t 10 point win. Yeah. Oregon's been blowing these teams out. So I do think Washington ha has peaked already. Um, do I think just because they peaked, they still can't go win it all? No, I think if you peak, I mean, if you peak right now, you still have a total chance to go out and win. Just depends on who's your opponent and where you're, uh, who you're going to be playing. Um, but I do think they've peaked. I think that this uh, win against Oregon State was a big win, though, just to really set the tone of, hey, if we can beat a number 11 Oregon State, we can go and beat Washington State, which is going to be easy, I think. Mm. And then we go and play Oregon again. And that's just going to set the tone for this team a little bit going into these next couple of weeks. But, yes, I do think they've peaked, but there's still a chance they, st there's still a chance they can go win it all if they continue to do what they need to do on the defensive side of the ball and offense keeps cooking. Yeah, I mean, very gritty game. And like you said, terrible conditions kind of had to overcome um, elements of the weather. And that's that's a part of football. I mean, you know, especially playing out in the West. I mean, that's kind of you know, give me, you know, you got to be prepared for those kinds of games. And um, biggest thing for me out of this game, it, you kind of alluded to it, was, you know, the defense stepping up. But seeing Washington win in a different way, you know, they got got a pretty big lead in that game. And and then they 
I don't love when a team takes their foot off the gas. It didn't feel fully like that to me. It felt like, hey, we're going to play this game not to lose. And I still don't agree with that concept. Like, that is not a way I believe is great to win majority of football games. This game felt like it was a situation where you needed to do it. You got a lead, a pretty nice lead. Oregon State has struggled throughout the game to kind of hold the ball and move the ball down the field for points. And Washington, they didn't do a great job holding the ball. Like, they just kept giving the ball back. But Oregon State started to find a groove. What was it, eight-minute drive in the third quarter, ten-minute drive? And I was just like, I mean, this is this is bad. Like, Washington yeah. can't play this kind of game. And Washington was able to kind of just, you know, bleed the clock just enough, play good enough defense for long enough to find a way to win. And I think that's a win that they needed in a way that, you know, I've said that they needed a big win, like they need to smack a good team for a while. But you're in the point of the season you're playing – you're playing rivalry games. You're playing teams that are just as good as you. It's just not as – you're not going to see that as much. You're not going to see, you know, them throw it around the yard as much and, you know, put up 50 points, especially, like we said, in those conditions. But, you know, a win where you're tested, you have to find a way to win in, you know, just horrible conditions. I believe that's good for your morality. I think that's good for your confidence and a team that has kind of felt like they have been losing their confidence over the past few weeks, even though they just keep on winning. But, you know, so there's been some certain games where they've caught some breaks where maybe if those breaks don't go their way, they don't win. So um, and when it comes to if they've already peaked and if they can win at all, I don't know if Washington, the team, has peaked yet because I don't believe the defense has hit its its peak. I think that Michael Penix has maybe hit his peak. You know, like I think we've Ooh. seen Michael Penix play his best ball hmm. this season because, man, there's been moments where I'm like, Jesus, guy is an NFL quarterback. And these past, like, three weeks, I'm over here like, this guy misses – he misses throws. Like, he doesn't – oh, look, look at look at the – Oh, hi, everybody. I just wanted to sh- – uh, I was moving her, but this is Lady May, the new part of the Pound Perspective. That The wrong podcast. Oh, well, College Kings, my bad. College Kings <laughs> and Pound Perspective. There you go. There you go. I love that. Um, but, yeah, man, and when I was getting to uh, uh, Michael Penix, you know, I've seen him just miss a lot of recent throws recently, like a lot of throws. I can, I've seen it happen a little bit, too, and it's Throwing just kind of – it's, it's head-scratching. Yeah. I mean, it is when you see the guy for five straight plays absolutely throw ropes into freaking – you know, keyholes. You're just like this guy is absolutely insane. Like, well, I also, I also think that the Washington coordinators make him like they want him to go for that home run type of ball. Like they lot. just want him to put it down in the end zone. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's not that every play. I mean, you don't have to put it, push it downfield three, five plays in a drive. Yep. I mean, if you have a solidified run game, which they kind of do, Washington yeah. does kind of have a solidified run game mm-hmm. that helps the pass game open up even more. You don't have to rely on Michael Penix drop doing six, seven step drop backs yep. and just launching it down the field. Yeah, you have one yeah, you have the best wide receiving core in college football, but you don't have to always have those home run plays that you are like that you constantly make every week. Cause I mean people are gonna start figuring out about that. They're gonna start figuring ways to make the coverages harder for you to read. So yeah, I kind of do agree that Michael Penix has kind of peaked in a way. Yeah, it, it it just feels like we've seen him play his best. And obviously, 
that's easy to say right now. You never know what he can do against Oregon in the championship game and stuff. But, you know, I do want to shout out Oregon State in a slight way because, man, they played their butts off in that game. They literally played that second half perfectly. If they played that second half like they would throughout the entire game, they would have won the game. Like, going into that game, I thought the only way Oregon could win this game is if they hold the ball, limit possessions for the Washington offense, and play good defense. And that second half, that's exactly what they did. They kept the ball out of Penix's hands. They moved the ball slowly and got touchdowns, and they played good defense. And they just didn't do that in the first half. It just – their offense is is just as effective in a different way. And it's – they have they take the most snaps under center more than any team in the entire country by far. It's like the percentage is kind of crazy how much of a difference it is. And per, first of all, I think that's a perfect offense for DJ. DJ looked good. Like DJ, DJ so, looks comfortable. He's so weird when he he looks so weird when he throws the ball to me, dude. Yeah, he it's he just does happen. not look smooth. Like his throwing motion is just not smooth. His mechanics. Like, I mean, are his off. arm comes all the way out here, and it's not even at ninety degrees. It's straight. Like it's like out here. Like, it's like when he comes back here, he just does this. Like, no bend in the arm, no just elbow picks. coming forward first and just launching it. It's more of just here to here. Yeah, two picks Besides, to the same guy. That dude had a day, number one for Washington. He's a stud. Their corner. Oh, we're oh dude, stud. But Odunze. Odunze. Is. A dog, bro. If Marvin Harrison Jr. was not in college football right now, Either this dude or Malik Neighbors would be the best best wide or Keon Coleman. Like Adunze is unfreaking real. He had another amazing day and another shout out. We'll get off of the Oregon uh, Oregon State uh, Washington game after this. Damian Martinez, running back, Oregon State. This guy is an absolute monster dog. This dude monster was running over guys. He was in his Derrick Henry era in this game, bro. Like what he was doing to guys was absolutely disrespectful on many levels, man. He was crazy in this game. He's I think been doing he dribbled it all somebody's head off the pavement. Pretty <laughs> sure I saw him dribble somebody off the ground. What, what, are you, what are you doing? Get out of here, bro. Shoulder, shoulder, you know? I mean, this dude. Shoulder check him right there, dude. But, that, I mean, it was a great game between both of them. Yes. Um you know, Washington locking up the Pac-12, locking up a Pac-12 championship appearance. Um, next week, Oregon probably, or this week, you know, Oregon's probably going to lock up the Pac-12 championship. But speaking of punching your ticket to an uh, to a championship game, the Louisville Cardinals mm-hmm. punched their ticket to the ACC championship game with a win over Miami. But they have to take on the Florida State Seminoles. So, do they have a legit chance at beating the Seminoles without Jordan Travis taking snaps now? That's the real question. And in my opinion, I think they do. I think they have a legit shot of beating this team and going and not and not even making a playoff right now. Not even talking about playoffs. I'm talking about winning this championship game. I think they have a legit shot at winning this championship game because their win over Miami was gritty. They weren't up that entire game. They had to make a little comeback at the end. Um, but they got the dub at the end of the day. I mean, their team looked a little weird. It looked a little funky, but their defense stepped up when they needed to, and they got two major turnovers against Miami and uh, ultimately helped them seal the victory. 
but the real question is going into this ACC championship game. Now that they, now that Florida State is without Jordan Travis, will Louisville have a shot? And I think they can. I think their offense is good enough. I don't think it's up there with Florida State's level, um, but I think their offense is good enough to make a push, give this defense a little bit of a fight. I think Jake Plummer and that offense can get it done. Um, their run game is super good as well. Their running back, I mean, as you said before about this uh, Oregon State, this dude right here, he's a speed team and he's dominant. I mean, once he sees the hole, he's going to drop a shoulder and go for it. And uh, it's going to be weird. It's going to be weird, especially because without Jordan Travis, it's not going to be the same game. It's not going to be the same hype coming around it. It's still going to be a hype game. But if Jordan was playing in it, we would be speaking in different terms like, oh, Florida State's going to beat them. Florida State's mm-hmm. going to whoop them now. I think it's going to be up in the air now of who's really going to win this game. And we'll find out after this week. We'll see how Florida State looks an entire game without Jordan Travis, especially since they play the Florida Gators. I think it's at Florida, right? I think so. Yeah, it's at yes. Florida. So they have to go to Florida and play. It's going to be a tough one right there. Um but I don't think Louisville has a legit shot to win this ACC championship, especially for the fir- this is their first ACC championship appearance. They are the youngest team in the ACC, and first this is their first championship appearance, especially without Lamar Jackson. Oh. You know when Lamar Jackson was playing AR. there, Austin Reeves hits a half court shot in the half. Oh my gosh, Sorry. Austin Reeves, man, white chocolate right there, white magic, <laughs> but. Uh, it's kind of funny seeing Louisville do this good, especially with, uh, oh my God, I bet. Some things. Um, <laughs> it's really weird seeing Louisville this good, especially when they had Lamar Jackson and how good he was as a player for this team to not make an ACC championship game. So I think this is, this team is doing this, uh, doing some justice right now. Why? By dominating, not by dominating, by winning, just by winning. They have, I mean, the pit loss was Powell is the worst, the worst loss you have right now. I mean, it's the only loss, but it just, it just, it doesn't leave a good taste in your mouth. It's makes nasty. Sense. It's makes terrible. No sense. It's gross. It makes no sense. What was the score in that game? Like, honest to God, what was the score? In they that got game? beat down. Hang on, I had it right here. Uh, yeah, thirty-eight twenty-one. Wait, 38-21? Jesus Christ, yeah. dude. It's 17-point loss. <laughs> um, I'm going to close it on this. I think Louisville has a shot. I think Louisville can do it if they play their cards right on both sides of the ball. They have to – I mean, I'm talking about the coaching staff. If you want to screw this team out of making a playoff appearance and put yourself in their shoes and replace them with you being the ACC choice, this is your – I mean, I hate to say it because it's t- – could not be worse timing. Could not be worse timing because if Jordan Travis plays in this game, we have a we have a legit like shootout. Whoever wins this game probably goes and beat. It's probably the ACC choice. But this is the time. This is the time. This is your shot, Louisville. I think they can get it done. Go Cards. How do you feel about Louisville? How did you feel about that win against Miami? And do you think they have a legit shot? Uh, Miami, a lot of grit. Um. You know, seeing Van Dyke go out there and, you know, not throw a pick is kind of a rare occurrence. But this is about Louisville and Louisville. Still had a turnover, though. He did. Uh, But this is more about Louisville and what they did in this game to kind of, you know, mitigate, you know, that that performance for Miami. And, you know, there was a part of me that was like, all right, Miami is going to play good in this game. And 
and they're going to give them a run for their money. And I was pretty right about that. I, I did still pick Louisville to win the game. And, man, I got to be honest, like, seeing how Louisville wins games, and we texted about it. This is got to be the most, the most confusing freaking team in the country, man. This is Thursday night. So, here, let me give the pod some re- – like, okay, so this is Thursday night. They're playing Virginia, okay, and they're down in this game. Yeah. And I'm texting Nathan, like, oh, my God, Louisville's trash. They're going to lose. Then I text him back after they score again. I'm like, they're just really confusing. Yep. This is just the most – like, this is the one of the most confusing teams I've watched this season. And then I text him and just tell him, never mind. You know, they won the game ultimately. Yep. But – it's so weird. It's yeah. so confusing to me. They are. and But you laid out the groundwork, man. They got a good running game. They've got a pretty dang good defense. Obviously, it didn't show up fully in this game, and it's it's shown moments to have lapses throughout the year. But, I mean, it's it's so interesting to me what this team can do. Championships teams, especially when it comes to conference championships, need a good defense in a running game in the winter, in December. You've got to have those two things. That's how you win games. And now they've got a quarterback that's – he might not make all the perfect throws, but this guy is not afraid to rip it. Yeah, The plumber – Pause real fast. CP3 just got tossed. <laughs> he just got too technical against fouls. the Suns too oh my gosh <laughs> oh dude what a terrible okay as you were saying you know the quarterback for Louisville Jake Plummer yeah I mean Plummer not afraid to rip it and he's gonna get into a mistake he's gonna throw interceptions he threw one in this game but he also but threw man, for 300 yards clock himself out of pos- hey. out of out of situations dude, the Plummer ding. Uh, the Plummer at its finest man I love him he <laughs> He's a fun guy to root for too. Any guy with that uh, last name, I'm gonna root for the plumber. You know, that's just the you're just gonna get that. You're gonna get that. So, um, respect. I really like this team. Can they win an ACC championship? They can now, and obviously, you don't want to see it but them win because of a Jordan Travis injury. But we said it earlier in the pod. That's a part of the sport. Injuries happen, and Louisville, as much as they probably are saying. We would love to beat this team without Jordan Travis. I promise they're not losing any sleep, not having to play the guy. So no, um, <laughs> uh-uh. and I think Louisville's starting to peak at this moment. I think yes. Louisville's starting to figure things out. Um, speaking of peaking, we move on to the team that is peaking the hottest, that is getting the hottest. Besides the Alabama Crimson Tide, it would be the number one two-time defending national champs, Georgia. Bull dogs oh. are peaking right now. Peaking, they're getting hot. Peaking right at the right time once again. Um, can Carson Beck get this team to a three peak? Mm-hmm. And uh, God, oh yeah, I have to admit it. I have to admit it. I have to admit it. They can't. He can't. He can't do it. Okay. He can't do it. He can't do it. Okay. I don't think he can. As much as I, as much as I respect Georgia, I respect Kirby Smart. I, I can't even, I can't lie about it. Yeah, he can. I think he can. <laughs> I, honest to God, like I can't lie about it. Honest to God, I think he can get this team to a three-peat. He is on fire right now, dude. He's playing lights out. Like even two, he. I mean, even though he played like two games without Brock, he still balled out. 
So, I mean, and Georgia right now is just peaking at the right moment, dude. Peaking, getting hot, whooping teams. I mean, the Ole Miss game was a perfect explanation of what of how good they are right now. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll find out on December 2nd. We'll really find out who's the best team in the SEC right then and there. But Georgia right now is on fire. And Carson Beck, and I, th- I think Carson Beck is going to solidify himself in New York. I think we will see him in New York sitting in the chair, not holding the Heisman Trophy, though. But I think he will be a representative for the University of Georgia. And we're back, ladies and gentlemen, has some technical difficulties. But as I was saying, do I think Carson Beck can lead Georgia back to a three-peat? I absolutely do. But it's not just Carson Beck. It's Kirby Smart and that coaching staff, plus the entire Georgia team in general that is just hitting the marks right on point. It's going to be a battle in Atlanta on December 2nd. I think my tide, uh, the tide and the dogs go at it. Um, Been two years since they played each other, so I think it's going to be a really good game. But I think Carson Beck and the Georgia Bulldogs are doing what they need to do to go back and play for a three-peat. Nate, how do you feel about it? Yeah, man, it's uh, it's insane to watch what Carson Beck has kind of become this season. You know, coming this season, we were all some wondering, can he be Stetson Bennett? Realistically, he's played better than Stetson Bennett. He's, he's oh my god, he's been threat. playing lights out. He's more of a threat than Stetson Bennett ever was, and it's kind of crazy that they have a legit, excuse me, a legitimate passing game now with a legitimate quarterback behind center. And that's not to take away from Stetson. Stetson's a champion. He's a he's a dog, but Carson Beck's like on another level when it comes to his skills on the football field. And can he do it? Yeah, he can. And it's not just because of him. It's about like you said, Kirby Smart, the defense, you know, their experience, their talent. It's like Georgia, they're just Georgia at this point. Like they're not they're not gonna be out of it. You know, if they win against Alabama, they're probably gonna be the favorites, rightfully so. And can Ohio State beat them? Can Michigan beat them? Can Oregon beat them? Can Washington beat them? You know, I don't know. I don't I don't know. You know, it's <laughs> I'm not going to pick against them. I've learned my lesson. That's for dang sure. I think we both learned our lesson on picking against Georgia. It you know, never works out. It never works out. So, yeah, they can, which is kind of crazy to think. And, man, we're kind of witnessing some history, bro. And, hey, Carson Beck. not happy. I know it doesn't. I know it doesn't. Hey, but Carson Beck, keep doing what you're doing, brother. Keep balling out. Slinging the pill, Until bro. December 2nd. Until oh. December 2nd. Oh. That's not Caleb Downs, Caleb Downs, midfield pick six right there. Mm-hmm. Colin. But speaking of another team that stays hot or that's staying on fire with a quarterback that is on fire, who is the legit like Vegas pick to win the Heisman, which would be wah, wah, Oregon Ducks, baby. Give me the O right there. Oregon, Oregon, staying hot, staying on fire. Bo Nick's first half stats last week. First half this is the first half 22 of 27. Dog. Dog. 381 yards. Dog. Dog. Six tutties. Mm. Six tutties. Dog. Dog. Oh, my gosh, dude. So, did he lock down the highest one with that performance? Nate, did he lock down that performance? (sighs) In every other universe, in every other scenario, I would say yes. But Jane Daniels decided to put up eight touchdowns. I know it's against yeah. Georgia State. So when it comes to lockdown, I don't think he's locked it down. But I'll say this. He's made it nearly, nearly impossible 
to not win this award because he will have an extra game. And if he wins that game, he avenges his only loss on the season. And if he does it in in style, <laughs> you got to give the boy the Heisman. So, has he locked it down? No, I cannot say that. But he's the front runner. He should be the front runner simply because he has a chance to avenge his only loss on the season. And it's not like he played bad. You know, <laughs> he's played great all season. So, Rightfully so. He's barely he is. played a fourth quarter. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, rightfully so. He should be the favorite. It is actually crazy, and I don't want to call you out, but technically, Jaden Daniels is the Vegas favorite on all books right now. Ah, uh, bet. Okay, bet. Um, My bad. No, no. I mean, Boat has been the guy, and randomly this week, I mean, not randomly, Jaden Daniels did what he did, but, you know, every book... And it's not like it's big. It's literally he's minus one thirty, and Bo Nix is plus one thirty. So it's it's dang near a pick 'em at this point. One between those two guys. I have to I have to disagree. I have to disagree. Yes. Just because the three losses are killer. Yep. Just I mean, if you just lose to if you just lose to at least to Florida State and Bama and keep it at two losses, that's totally okay. We've seen people with two losses. Hell, we've seen people with three losses. Yep. Win the Heisman. It's totally possible for Jaden Daniels to win the Heisman. Because, I mean, he's been balling. Even when they lose, he balls. Mm -hmm. I mean, 600 all-purpose yards by himself against Florida. Mm -hmm. I mean, one-man wrecking crew right there. Don't get me wrong. Absolute unit. Honestly, looks like the best quarterback in college football. If Caleb Williams would have went to the draft last year, Jaden Daniels would be the number one quarterback, possibly the number one pick this year in the draft. But Bo Nix is just on a whole different level when it comes to playing right now, man. Most accurate quarterback I've ever seen. And I saw Tua play, and Tua was pretty accurate in, in college at Alabama. Okay. Bo Nix is just on a whole different level. Still throwing above 80, 80%, still blowing, still throwing right there against conference opponents. Um, 30 touchdowns, I think maybe three or four interceptions now. Yeah, I only picked Maybe two or three, I can't remember. But 30, he's got thirty. He's got like thirty plus touchdowns. Bo Nix, thirty-five tuds, two picks. Good lord. Okay, see my point exactly. Seventy-eight percent completion percentage. Seventy-eight so. percent completion percentage. He's not missing. Nope. He's not missing many throws. If he's throwing seventy-eight percent, he's not missing many throws. So, do I think this was the game that locked down the Heisman? No, I don't think it. I don't think it's the game. I think the game that locks down the Heisman is going to be Pac-12 championship game, as you said. But did it may, in my opinion, did it push him closer to be to be the favorite? I think it may have pushed him over Jaden Daniels just a little bit. Mm -hmm. As you said, the Vegas odds are super close. Mm -hmm. I think it may have pushed him over Jaden Daniels a little bit to make that first place push. But the way that Oregon's looking in general, the way this team is looking, it's 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 scary. It's scary how good this offense is. In my opinion, it's the best offense in college football. Nobody else can tell me that. The best one-loss college football team with the best offense is Oregon. They are outstanding right now. Ever since that Washington loss, they have come out and shown out to to opponents, have shut down people left and right. And Bo Nix has been the leader of that team. He has grown so much as a player since he's come from Auburn. 
having to go three different head coaches and then comes to Oregon where he gets Dan Landing for two years and is balled out for those two years. So no, not did not lock down the Heisman, in my opinion, did push him up past Jaden Daniels. But in my opinion, I don't think it's about the Heisman right now. I think it's more about revenging that loss against Washington, mm-hmm. make, getting into that playoff push and, you know, crushing someone's dreams either to making the playoffs or going into the playoffs and crushing someone's dreams. Imagine, imagine, imagine if Oregon makes the playoffs as a hypothetical. Oregon makes the playoffs at number four. Georgia wins against Bama, SEC champs, states of one. We get a rematch from last year's opening week, opening game day week last year, Oregon versus Washington. I mean, Oregon versus Georgia mm. in the playoffs. You know, you know, maybe we can. I don't think we see different results. I see. No, 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 no. I think we do. I, I think, think we, we do. I think we do. I think we do. Because last year's game, Georgia versus Oregon, that was sad. Georgia, that was, that Oregon was wasn't ready. Oregon wasn't ready. <laughs> they, I don't think they were breathing the same air they were breathing. <laughs> no. Dude, they just got dominated. But no, it's gonna be it's gonna be a, a race for the Heisman for sure. Yeah, yeah. insane. I love it. Bo Nix, absolute dog, animal, and man, what he's doing right now. Hey, just keep on playing ball, brother. You can win that Heisman easily. They've campaigned it. Those fans in in, in uh, Eugene, Oregon, have campaigned it for all season long, and it looks like that that hard work might pay off. So, hey, I'm a big Oregon fan, big Bonex fan. Love to see it. All right, CDM, let's go to your favorite team in the entire country, the Michigan Wolverines. <laughs> Uh, the the cleanest team in the country. They would never do anything wrong. <laughs> didn't look clean this game. <laughs> JJ McCarthy didn't look clean this uh, game. I'll tell you that. Hey, they survive. That's the biggest key word in here. By against the their Jeez. Hey, Talia, how do you like old Talia out there from Maryland? Dude's cheeks. <laughs> There's nothing like his brother, dude. Oh my god. Oh my God! Get this guy out of here! Is what <laughs> like forty ounce bounce your ass back to Hawaii, bro? The hell you think this is Hawaii? Punch yourself out of here! The hell you think this is? Get out of here, son! As much as I love him, as much as I love him, he's just not—he's not an elite quarterback right now. He does not play in an elite level. Mm-mm. But this isn't about the Terps. No, Terps did what they had to do on defense. The Terps defense played outstanding mm. played really good the mm. offense did play good as well but the defense is what helped them out the most defense is what got them in position to score those touchdowns um talia didn't even throw a touchdown right through two picks <laughs> boom freaking Tua. Tua's is your big brother oh, could have fooled me <laughs> more like Tua turned the ball more like talia turned the ball over uh. oh, how you think this is but no, Michigan did not. Michigan let up 24 points. That's the most points they've let up all season long. Mm-hmm. So obviously they did some. But those final couple of drives in the fourth quarter, man, it's they pinned them back deep into their own, into their, into Terps territory. And they just did not get anything going to get that, get, to get momentum started. I mean, you get the stops. Your defense is doing what they need to do and getting the stops. But your offense is not backing the defense, defensive boys up and helping them out by pushing the ball downfield. It does not happen that way. And, you know, you can't win a game like that. But Michigan, Michigan did not look good. Michigan did not look like the Michigan they've played all year. Um, J.J. McCarthy looked like cheeks, mm. like buns. 
Like, did not look good at all. In my opinion, most overrated player in college football, most overrated quarterback. I don't really think he's going to be first day. I think he's like second, early third day quarterback. Mm. Um, you know, they're cheaters as well. Let's just get that out. I'll, I'll just say right now, they are they are a bunch of scumbag cheaters. <laughs> so we'll just say that. Um, but I mean, other than that, hey, calm down now. Hey, calm down. Okay. You're not a Wolverine. We, we support good teams. Calm down. Um, but Michigan, the way they've looked all season by blowing out these teams, but also, I mean, even though Maryland's not ranked, they still gave them a good fight. The run game did not look explosive. The pass game definitely was not explosive. They did miss um, – the wide receivers were open. It's just J.J. missed them downfield. J.J. did not hit them on target. Um, that's one thing that they – they have always continuously struggled with is the deep ball also that they rely on the run game a lot but when you have one of the best offensive lines and possibly the best running back in the country why not just you know hand the ball off I mean they showed in the Penn State game in the second half just hand the ball off like let the boys up front and let your running back you know your workhorse get you to the promised land but when it comes down to nitty-gritty moments that you need to put the ball downfield J.J. does not look like he's able to really put the ball on target. And we've seen it last year. I mean, we saw it We saw it when it, we saw it last year. We saw it the year before. It's just he does not have that downfield accuracy. Now, I know what a lot of people are going to say is that last year against Ohio State, he did put the ball downfield. He did put the ball on target. He does know how to throw the ball downfield. Congratulations. You have eyeballs. But did you also see the busted coverage that they had against Ohio State last year? If he didn't hit the damn ball, obviously Jim didn't do a smart or yeah, Jim didn't do a smart idea. He I mean, if he doesn't hit a wide open target with the busted coverage that Ohio State gave him last year, I mean, I don't know what you're gonna do if you have somebody wide open right now. And they had a wide open person in that Terps game. And did and I mean right over the top of his head. I do put that on the wide receiver a little bit. The wide receiver could have adjusted. But the ball, the way the ball was, dude runs a post route. And I'm talking about crisp, clean, split the safeties. It's right. I mean, all you got to do, Nate, is drop it right here in the bread basket. Mm. All you got to do is drop it right there. And he just he, he put it in a position where his wide receiver had to adjust and couldn't get the ball. So it's really weird to see. It, it was really weird to see Michigan like this. Um you know, especially with next week com- or this week coming up t- to see what's going to happen. And I don't think they need to rely on this run game as much. I do. Lo- I love Blake Corum, dude. I think he's a dog. I think he is one of the most genuine people. I mean, did you see the video of what he did with his NIL money? Yeah, with the with the, uh, with the turkeys. Turkeys. And stuff. and Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's a great guy. But at the end of the day, you're going to have to be able to put the ball downfield when it comes and trust J.J.'s arm. And right now, if I'm a Wolverines fan, I will not trust him. I won't trust him throwing 20 yards downfield right now. If you're so holed up on running the ball, I would not trust him to throw the ball downfield unless he is, like, wide open. Like, I'm talking about green grass and yeah. nobody else. Yeah. Yeah, this, this game was uh... – a not any more encouraging for for Michigan fans or defenders. I promise you that as one myself. Yeah, this was a uh, yeah. I mean, you watch the game and you know they're gonna win. They're winning, and you can't be mad about that if you're watching it. But there is not much that you're seeing that says this is a championship team right now. Like they they have played their best ball. They have played. Great ball when it comes to when they played against, you know, 
really terrible teams. And and that's been the defense. And that's also sorry. That's also the defense when it comes to this team, you know, not being able to make the playoffs with a loss because they've only got one win in the top twenty five, and that is Penn State. Penn State. So yeah. um this win is like you kinda just you kinda look at it like, all right, you know, you got the job done. You won. Congrats. You won. And it comes down to Sharon Moore being able to pull off the job and can he pull off the job against in this week? We'll see. We'll talk about that later. And I don't know. You know, watching the game, I just I I was bored. Like I was just like the they're gonna. I just, I knew they were gonna win. There wasn't a part of me where it was like they're gonna lose this game. But there was also a part of me where it's like, is this it? Like this is all they're giving you? Well, like, I mean, it also got interesting. I mean, it got interesting in the did. fourth quarter. But if Maryland's offense could have just grew a set and drove downfield yep. and made the game entertaining, then yeah, totally. I think if Maryland's offense could have drove downfield, they win the game. Yep. In my total opinion, I think the way their defense was playing that entire half, the entire second half, they totally could have won that game. Yep. But it was kind of a snooze fest. I won't lie to you. And Michigan, that's the only reason they have a chance this week, in my opinion, is because of that defense. Because that defense, they're good. They're good. And even though they allow 24, you know, they're still really, really good at football. And respect, that. that's the only reason that they have a chance this season to actually make a run at it um, with how weird this offense has looked recently without Jim on the sidelines so not much thoughts on the game man I watched it and I mean I just like all right hey they won (laughs) good job (laughs) (laughs) that's it that's literally all I can say uh so that's all I can really say about Michigan let's go on to a team that was upset brutally upset and CDM with that smile on his face says it all the Auburn Auburn Tigers 25-and-a-half-point favorites taking L to the New Mexico State Aggies. What in the hell is happening in Auburn Stadium? Trash. <laughs> That's what's happening. Trash. Because <laughs> they are. They are. Here, I'll give you the rundown. They are trash. They are cheeks. They are bums. They are buns. They are bamboozlers. They are everything that Auburn is. And what Auburn will continue to be for the next couple of years, Auburn, the Auburn Tigers are just straight ass. They're just terrible. They're god-awful. They don't look good. The only game they look good against was, what, Georgia? They look good. They probably they should have won that game. I mean, other than that, I mean, what the hell, dude? I have not I, – and everybody wants to bring up – a lot of people want to bring up 07 when ULM – came to Tuscaloosa and beat Alabama. Everybody loves to bring up that. Everybody loves to bring up that crap. Now I get to hold this over Auburn fans for years to come. I'm talking decades, generations. I'm going to tell my great, great, great grandkids about this before I die, just so they know that Auburn is always going to be cheeks. Because, my God, how do you lose 31 to 10? First off, Congrats, New Mexico State Aggies. Let's go, boys. That's how I feel. But how do you come in at 20 high, 25 and a half point favorites and lose 31 to 10? First off, it's it, this was New Mexico State's first ever win against 
a like college football opponent, like a top twenty five SEC or like an SEC team opponent. But the way they did it, bro, was just it was impressive. Don't get me wrong. It was very impressive, but it was also just so just it was a weird feeling for me because it was saddening, but it was also just like joy in my heart to yeah. see the Tigers. Like, it was so great. It was joyful. It's like kind of like that time y'all lost to Troy at home. Remember that time y'all lost to Troy at home? Yes. Yeah, y'all I lost do. to Troy. Okay, yeah. Okay. I, I just want to make sure. I yeah, it's kind of like that. It was good. If it was a good feeling, but it just felt so weird to see a team like that, the high like the caliber team like that lose. The way they did was just embarrassing. Like, I mean, Hugh Freeze, man. Come on now. Come like, on, let's man. be honest. Let's be honest, man. Is he a should he be an SEC? Is he an elite SEC coach? Obviously not. Um hey, don't you dare now. jump on that bit. Easy now. He beat y'all twice. Oh, congrats. But how much money did he play his players under the table? <laughs> well, it wasn't pay, for... he wasn't paying players. <laughs> oh, don't oh yeah, I forgot. He's paying prostitutes. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> Yours truly, Markel Pack from Purvis High School knows all about that one. Ah! Oh God! <laughs> oh my Lord! Sorry, sorry, went on a tear. But no, I mean, I don't know what Oregon is gonna do. I don't know what Oregon is gonna uh, Oregon. Sorry, I don't know what Auburn's gonna do for the future to come, especially next week when Brian uh, when uh, Jordan Hare is gonna be crimson and red, and so is the field full of Auburn tears because it's just gonna be bad. It's gonna be so bad next week. Mm-hmm. I mean, we dropped sixty six on Chattanooga. Oh, they just lost to New Mexico State. Who you really think's gonna win this game? Yeah, y'all, y'all ended up, y'all played up, y'all paid Chatt- Chattanooga. Uh, well, I think it was like half a million, uh, way more money than New Mexico State paid Auburn. So, um, um, yeah. I mean, that's sad. Yeah. It's very sad. Yep. I mean, I love it. Don't get me wrong. I'm happy. I'm yeah. so happy about it. I love it because this next, I mean, next right. week, dude. Oh my God. I'm talking about touchdown Milrow. Milrow touchdown. Jalen Milrow touchdown. Ty Simpson in the second half. Tyler, nope, not even Tyler, because you know why? Tyler Buntner, whatever the hell his name is, the Alabama third string from Notre Dame. Yeah, he got bumped down to a fourth string. That's how bad he is. It's terrible. But no, Auburn needs to figure things out for the years to come because the SEC is about to get a lot harder going into next year when it's just all SEC opponents. And they have to play LSU. They still have to play Georgia. They still have to play Alabama. So Oregon, I mean, sorry, Auburn has to figure it out before it's too late and before Hugh Freeze does not have a job anymore. Yeah, I ain't got much to say on this one. I didn't watch it, but I saw the highlights. Quarterback from Nobody New Mexico it. State, though, kind of a dog, kind of a dog. But insanity, absolute just travesty. How does this happen? I don't know. Auburn got a lot of problems going on over there. And Hugh Freeze, you do too. And, hey, y'all got to figure something out. That That's embarrassing to the SEC. That's embarrassing to everyone involved in that game. You cannot lose that game. It, even if you lose the game. You don't lose by twenty one freaking points, bro. <laughs> oh no, dude. I have a I work with an I work with an Auburn fan. And I was like, Hey man, I know this week's kind of like the bum week, but you ready for the Iron Bowl? He's like, Yeah, dude, we're gonna I'm gonna give y'all a run for your money. It's gonna be it's gonna be a close game like it always is. I was like, Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be good. It's gonna be good. And then after this week I watched football and then I saw the score and then I saw him on I saw him on Tuesday 
and he was, I was like, hey, bud. I was like, he was like, what's up? I was like, you ready for Saturday? He's, like, he didn't say a word. Did not, just walked away. I was like, ah, Dominus. <laughs> oh, Gonna poor, kill this team. Poor, poor guy. Poor but guy. I think that will cover our college game recap for week nine. Um, week. A lot of interesting games were coming into this week. That, that week's wrong, by the way. I, I forgot to change. That was week 12. Oh, it was week 12? Yeah, sorry. Good God, you just made me look like a jackass. Okay, week 12. So sorry about that. But I think that'll cover the game recap for this this week. So I think we need to go into uh, our special segments for our playoff predictions, College Kings Heisman Watch, and our playoff predictions, unofficial playoff predictions. Yes. Um, Starting off with the top six teams, Nate, man, um, I think we've seen a little bit of a change. I think we may see a little bit of a shift here. So uh, go ahead and tell me, who are your top six teams going into this week? Yes, sir. Let's take a look here. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see this. I'll give you a little rundown. Nothing has changed for me besides one team, Oregon at six, Florida State at five, Washington at four now, Ohio State at three, Michigan at two, and Georgia at number one. Welcome back. Like I said, another technical difficulty. We promise this is not going to happen for next week. But uh, I did run down those teams from 6 to 1. I'll do it once again real quick. Oregon at 6, Florida State at 5, Washington at 4, Ohio State at 3, Michigan at 2, Georgia at 1. Yeah, I mean, Washington takes the lead after the sad news in Florida State. Not much else I can say there. That's really pretty much a consensus-ish around the college football universe when it comes to Ohio State-Michigan. You can flip-flop those teams, but Georgia at number one uh, is kind of the universal uh, best team right now in college football. So, CDM, what are we looking at for your top six teams? Oh, you can go ahead and draw it up there on the board for me, sir. Uh, at number six, I have the Alabama Crimson uh-huh. Tide. At five, I have Oregon, four, Washington, three, Michigan two Ohio State and one Georgia the biggest thing that everybody's going to be saying where's Florida State where's the Seminoles Mm. and it was very hard for me not to put the Seminoles in there it's hard for me not to put Florida State in there but ever since the terrible injury that Jordan Travis um you know it happened to him it kind of just brings that it kind of and I feel like I'm the same way with the college football committee I mean they the committee put them at five but without Jordan Travis in that offense, it's just kind of it's kind of hit or miss now. You don't know what's going to happen, and everybody else on this court, everybody else on this list from Georgia to Bama, they all have their solidified quarterback. They're all playing at an elite level, and uh, you know Florida State was obviously on the list, but now since losing that and having to have a backup come in, it's going to be weird. Um, a lot of people are going to say, "Where's Texas? Um, screw Texas. They don't. They. I mean, I don't. I don't care. I. I hope when we win the SEC, we piss off a lot of Texas fans. Um, Oregon. I feel like Oregon and Washington are going to trade out very soon. There is. I've been seeing some things about Oregon and Washington possibly both making the playoffs mm-hmm. at the same time, but they would need Bama to lose. They would need Texas to lose. Um, they would need Ohio State or Michigan to win out. They would need a lot of things to happen. But there is a possibility that it could happen. I see yeah. yourself thinking about it. Yeah, you need Bama to lose. You need Texas to lose. You need either Michigan or Ohio State to win out and the other one to lose as well. Um, yeah. But with all these teams right here that I see, is just like they all have the quarterbacks. Their offenses are solidified now as some of the best in college football. Um, 
Georgia obviously being the number one team. I've been saying it all season. No matter what anybody says, nobody could change my mind that they are the best team in college football. Ohio State and Michigan will find out uh, this coming up weekend who the best who the best is between those two Washington and Oregon. We'll find out on like December 2nd. I think that's when championship weekend is. We'll figure that out. And then Bama, Bama needs a lot to happen, but if we go into Atlanta and beat Georgia, I think we have solidified a playoff spot. Even if Texas does win out, but we will see. Yes, sir. Yes, we will. Yes. Yes, indeed. Um, all right, I hear you, brother. I hear where you're coming from. That's not bad. You know, I guess I guess you got some you got some brains up there, you know, when it comes to your team, you know, putting uh, Alabama at number six. That's fine. Whatever. Oh, so if LSU was in the same situation, you wouldn't put LSU up here? LSU has three losses and But if LSU was in the same situation Exactly. Don't lie to me. Don't don't you dare. I know you if ands and buts. If ands and buts, but you know what? If you didn't lose to Ole Miss, if you didn't lose to Bama, if you didn't lose to Florida State, man, that's a lot of ifs right there. All right, that's the end of the podcast. <laughs> I'm so sorry. This guy over here. I'm not even. <laughs> Jesus I'm not even, Christ. Not even. I asked for it. I, I, I went after Bama. All right. All right, let's let's get to our Heisman. Oh candidates. my gosh, CEO. I'm so sorry. You're fine. Let's go to our uh, Heisman candidates here. I'll drop mine real quick here. Let's see. Am I in agreement? With Vegas, yes, I am. At number one, Jaden Daniels still holds that spot very, 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 very narrowly. It is a very close race. How many more varies can I throw in there? I don't know. But, yeah, him and Bo Nix, two-man race. Obviously, Penix, I'm going to hold him at three right now, even though you could maybe throw in a couple other guys. At the end of the day, it's between Bo and Jaden Daniels. This guy, this guy's just cooking right now. Um, yeah, fire. Uh, I have no changes in my Heisman right now. I'm not gonna go on a tangent or nothing. You know, Bo Nix, he has one extra game over Jaden Daniels, which could and probably will lead to him winning the Heisman, especially if they beat the Huskies in that game. CDM, what are we looking at in your? Heisman, watch. Go ahead and roll the clip, but we are going to switch the number one and number twos. I have Bo Nix at number one. Okay. I have Jaden Daniels at number two, and we both have Michael Penix at number three. Not really much to go into it. As you said, Bo Nix does have that extra game, so it should, it could solidify his Heisman campaign if he wins it, and if he doesn't, then obviously it's either going to be Mc, um, Daniels or Mike, Michael, Pars, um, Michael Parsons, <laughs> Michael Penix Jr., um, it really just depends on what happens. I mean, that extra game is what really carries is what really could carry Bo Nix to being in New York and raising that trophy. Um, I want to put Jaden Daniels up there. As I said, he is the best. I mean, in my, I've I've realized obviously that he is the best player in college football, but so is Bo Nix. I mean, we've seen we've seen this. I mean, there's not similar talents, but they both respectively do like their respective game for both of them, how they play the game, how they go at the game, how they look at the game. I mean, it's, I mean, it's crazy how they both do it. So, I mean, I could put either one up there. I just like Bo Nix and what he's doing right now, the way that he's been coming off that one loss has been insane. And then Michael Penix, I think we both clarified that, that he probably has peaked a little bit. Mm. So, um, you know, I think, that extra game against Oregon will help out as well, as much as it will help out Bo Nix. All right. 
I hear you there, brother. All right, let's get into our college football playoff prediction. I'll start us off right here, and you're going to see maybe a controversial team in there. At number four, I've got the Texas Longhorns. Uh-oh. Horns down, horns up. We'll see as we approach these playoffs. I got three, Washington, two, Michigan, and number one, Georgia. I'll give a quick little reasoning here. Not much else to kind of go in depth. Obviously, chaos is a possibility in college football playoffs. I do believe Georgia handles their business in the SEC championship in a very, very, very good game. Michigan handles their business this weekend. Maybe, maybe not. I obviously, if I'm my in my playoff prediction, that shows what I am kind of ex- overseeing and kind of foreshadowing in a way. But uh, number two, three, Washington handles their business, beats Oregon, stays undefeated. And then you get to number four. What are you going to put here? You have multiple teams. Say Ohio State loses. They have one loss. Are you going to put a one-loss Ohio State over a one-loss Texas? Biggest win for Ohio State. Who's that going to be? Penn State? Notre Dame? Texas's biggest win. Alabama? Like, hmm. 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 You know? So... You got to go with that debate in your brain. If it comes down to those two teams with one loss, who are you going to put in? I believe they're going to put in the Texas Longhorns, especially if Michigan is going to be the team that beats Ohio State. Even though it's Michigan, they've only got one top 25 win on the season. That's not a good loss for Ohio State, especially if it's a bad one. So, yeah, that's what I'm thinking in my college football playoff predictions. CDM, what you looking at? Well, okay, so I've got the Georgia Bulldogs at four. Mm. I've got Alabama at number three, Washington at number two, and Ohio State at number one. And I know a lot of people are going to call me crazy. Oh, how do you have a one-loss Georgia and a one-loss Bama? Well, obviously, Bama beats them in the SEC championship, and then the committee looks at themselves and like, okay, well, depending on what the score is in the SEC championship, okay, depending on – who wins the ACC? And if we're going off a of strength of schedule, screw Texas. Texas' only good win is against us. They don't have any good wins. Anybody else? It was week two. They put up. They beat us by ten points. Congratulations, really good game. They do deserve it. Um, but if we're going off strength strength of schedule, they don't have it. Georgia. Georgia does have a good strength of schedule. Coming off uh, beating an Ole Miss team, beating Missouri, beating Tennessee. Um, Alabama, another good strength of schedule. Washington, not so good, but they went out and win the Pac-12. Ohio State, probably the best strength of schedule so far besides Alabama. You win against Notre Dame at Notre Dame. Okay, you beat Penn State, and then you go back. Then you go to Ann Arbor, and you beat Michigan. So I think Ohio State ends up at number one. At number two, I think Washington wins the Pac-12. Um, as much as I would love Bo Nix to do it, I think that Washington does get it done at three. Bama, and at four you have Georgia. Because you know why, Nate? You know why you have those two teams in? Because the SEC makes college football great. Mm. The SEC makes college football exciting. And if you don't have at least one SEC team in the college football, yeah, everybody's going to watch it, but it's not going to be the same feeling. It's not going to bring the same excitement, the same energy. Having two in there makes it even better because then no matter what, it's going home to the SEC, no okay. matter what. Okay. No matter what, it's coming home to the SEC. Um, 
a lot of people are going to say it's weird, but I think if you do have a one-loss Georgia and their only loss is in the SEC championship game, you have no choice but to put them in. I mean, we've seen it happen. We've seen it happen once or twice. We've seen it happen with Georgia and Alabama. So, obviously, I think it can happen again. Will it? I don't know. We'll find out December 2nd in Atlanta. But that that is my uh, college football playoff predictions. All right. I love it. And that'll do it for our top six teams. Heisman watching college football playoff predictions once again, like we do every week, as well as this segment, our game picks. And this is a special games picks as we have rivalry week. We're not going to stay on stay on all these games for too long. We're kind of going to just quick little reason, get our, uh, our score yep. prediction out there so we can kind of talk about this last game for a little bit longer. So, CDM, let's get right into it. Let's look at this slate of games here. Week 13. Yeah, we're doing a lot of games this week. What is that? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 games that we are picking today. Like I said, we're not going to stick too long on it. CDM, let's let's let you start out here in the Egg Bowl tomorrow night, Thanksgiving. Tomorrow night. What a game to have. You know, all your food's digested. Kind of sitting back. You're already watching some NFL. Oh, you got a second TV? You got to put on the Egg Bowl. It might be a massacre, but it's the Egg Bowl. It's for Thanksgiving. CDM, what do you think happens in this year's Egg Bowl? Ole Miss wins 35-7. Simple enough. Simple enough. It's about all I could say. 35-7 Ole Miss. 35-7 Ole Miss. Ah, I think we see a little bit of a classic game at first, but... The Rebels are just going to be too good and too strong and too fast and too talented. Give me the Rebels 27-18. to 18. That is a slight cover for Mississippi State, in my opinion. All right. Let's go to North Carolina at North Carolina State. I'll start us off on this one here. This is a very, very, very tough game to pick here as North Carolina State is now ranked at 22 but the Tar Heels are projected to win this game two-and-a-half-point favorites. What do I think happens? I think we see a North Carolina State win here, even mm. though the stats do not say that's going to happen. Brendan Armstrong has eight touchdowns and six interceptions, but he also leads the team in rushing oh. yards. This team is it's a team really you shouldn't probably bet on, but I'm going to do it because North Carolina fails me every single freaking time I bet on them. Give me North Carolina State. CDM, what you got? Well, I hope oh, me and you pre- are the hey, – op- My score prediction, sorry, I did not. 24-23. Okay. 24-23. Oh, wow, okay. So, I hope my – I hope me and you, uh, North Carolina have a better connection than you two did, apparently. I'm taking North Carolina. I just don't see them getting it done against – I don't see NC State getting it done. I could be totally wrong. I could regret this pick coming up next week. Uh, but I have UNC winning twenty four to twenty two, uh, twenty four to twenty one. Okay, not a not not a blowout, but uh, a nail biter for sure. Yeah, it's gonna be a love, good game. They love overtime. Yes. They really do. Yes, they do. Yes, they, they do. are a big fan of overtime. Yeah. But going into this week's, uh, going into the next game, staying into the state of Texas, Texas Tech traveling to Texas Longhorns. Longhorns come in as fourteen point favorites. It's going to be a good one. It's going to be a fight to the end. Uh, I'll start this one off. I love this game. I think Texas Tech can get it done for sure. But am I going to pick them? No, I'm going to go with the Texas Longhorns. I think they punch their way into a Big 12 championship game, depending on who they play. 
with a final score of 34 to 24, 10 points. I think Texas Tech keeps it close at first, but then Texas ultimately were one away with it at the end. All right. Yeah, I remember when everyone was saying Texas Tech's got a team at the beginning of the season, even ranked in some people's you know, top 25. I mean, they almost beat Oregon. They have, they have had some good moments this year, and I like their roster, but it's not going to be enough. Texas is – they need to get that game to kind of get back on track with, you know, where they were at the beginning of the year. This feels like a game they can do that in. Give me the Longhorns in this one, 31-16. All right, CDM, let's go out there to the Bayou as A&M travels out to there to face Jaden Daniels as he looks to add to his Heisman campaign. A&M is without Jimbo as well. CDM, how are we thinking this game goes? LSU is going to dominate. Jaden Daniels is going to put up like another 500 total yards of offense, and the final score is going to be 55 to 21. The oh Bayou Bengals. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's going to just be an absolute just. I'll take that murder. I'll take that. Jeez. Hey man, I think it can happen. I don't think I don't think their defense. I mean, yes, their defensive line is good, but I don't think their defense in general can stop Jaden Daniels, Malik Neighbors, Brian Thomas. There. I don't think it's going to be able to stop them. So 55-21 LSU, and it's a home game. Y'all are not losing at home. Fair. That is a very fair statement. I'll give you, I'll give you that one, CDM. Yeah, y'all are not going to lose at home. Like, yeah. There's no way yeah. in hell y'all are going to let a Jimbo Fisher-less team come into your house and beat you. First off, if y'all do let that happen, Nate, might as well just hang up the cleats, like hang up the jersey for the rest of the year because it's not it. Yeah, don't don't even play the bowl game. I feel you. Nah. Yeah, don't. Like, don't even play the bowl game. LSU's going to win this game. It's by how much, in my opinion. And we might see some interesting things happen on just because LSU's defense is absolutely horrible. But they'll, they'll bow up. They'll bow up, figure something out, make some stops late. Give me the Bayou Bengals. 45 to 26. Still beat down. Just forty five to twenty six. So you had ten points less than me and you're freaking out. I said fifty five and you said forty five to twenty six. I said fifty five to twenty one and you said, Oh my god. That's still a killing, Nathan. Fifty five points is a lot of points, man. That's forty five points is a lot of points. You're right. It is. But I'm only nineteen, right? Nineteen points. You're at what? Uh at twenty twenty thirty four. I'm at 55 and 21. So that's 50, 50, Yeah, 54. that's 34. It's 34 points. What am I at? That's uh You said 45 to 28. That's, that's 17 points. That's 19, right? Oh yeah, 19. <laughs> Sorry, numbers. Yeah, that's 19. Right? Yeah, yeah that's, that's right. I'm terrible at math too. Um, all right. Let's keep this thing rolling. Let's not show our math skills off to the world. All right. This is an actually kind of an interesting game as Louisville looks to you know, keep their playoff hopes alive as they face off against the Wildcats. They do host the Wildcats at home, seven and a half point favors. CDM, does the plumber get it done once again? I think they do. It's going to be a close one, though. I think it's a closer game than people are expecting. What's the spread? The spread is seven and a half. I think it's a lot closer. I think it ends up being a three-point game, Um, but Louisville comes out on top. I think the plumber can get it done. I don't think... Uh, did you see what did you see what Bama did to that team? Yeah. I know it's Bama. I know it's the SEC, but I think Plummer and this offense are just going to dominate this team. Plus, Leary hasn't looked as good as he was back in the ACC when he played against this team a lot. Mm. 
Um, I think Louisville gets it done, but in a close one, 31 to 28 Louisville. Yeah. Point differential. We completely agree on. And yeah, Kentucky's going to play their butts off. This is going to be their Super Bowl. you know, kind of try and right some wrongs that they've had this season and very disappointing team uh, season for them. One of those teams we could have possibly even thrown in that conversation, but um, yeah, Louisville's offense will find a way late and get enough points to beat this team. Give me the Cardinals, 27-24. to 24. All right, CDM. The Florida Bowl, FSU Seminoles, are only six-and-a-half-point favorites, obviously, after everything that happened with them last week with Jordan Travis against those Gators. I'll start us off in this one here. It is in the swamp. Makes it a little bit more interesting. It's a, it's a tough place to play, man. It's, it's a, a tough very, place to play. Very tough place to play. An SEC ball. Florida's not going to back down in this one. This is, once again, another feels like another Super Bowl type of game for Florida. And, uh, you know, kind of, you know, answer, you know, the crows. There's like crows going on over there. You know, can, you know. Ah! <laughs> Jesus. Can Billy Napier... You know, get this team on the right track, and they've had some moments. Graham Mertz has looked pretty dang good, honestly, realistically, has honestly played really good this season. He's got one of the highest completion percentages in the league. Obviously, that's pretty easy when you're throwing it under five yards every single play. But uh, <laughs> call my man out like that, you day. I mean, it's it's kind of it's kind of realistic. But um, Florida, they're gonna play their butts off. But I got a weird feeling that FSU pulls this one off late. Give me the Seminoles in an absolute classic game here, 23-20. to 20. I agree with you on that. Uh, the, since the spread has changed, I think people are going to come into this game a little skeptical, a little uh, thinking like, oh, man, Florida's actually going to have a chance. Florida's can get, Florida can get the job done. Florida had every opportunity. Florida had opportunity before Jordan Travis got hurt. Every team has an opportunity to beat every team. Like every team has an opportunity to go beat Georgia. Every team has a possibility to go beat Ohio State or Michigan or Washington or Oregon or Bama. This team has an opportunity now to really beat this team in an in impressive fashion. Yes, they I mean, as I said before, they had a chance way before. They still have a chance now. Um it's going to be weird. It's going to be different. It's going to be a different style of Florida State offense that we are used to seeing. I'm pretty sure we're going to see less running from the quarterback, more handoffs, more dump off passes, more shots downfield or over the middle probably. Um but I'm going to take Florida State. It took me a lot cuz I almost went Florida. Almost went Florida on this one. Yeah. But I'm taking Florida Sorry, State with a score of 35. 35 to 28. It's going to be a close one. It's yep. going to be a nail biter. I, I think Florida. I think Florida State lets them stay in there for a little bit, but Florida State ultimately comes out on top. I agree. I agree completely. Let's go to the Washington Bowl now. Washington State early on in the season had some pretty good uh, you know, chances in that conference, and then they just completely fall off the face of the earth. Cam Ward. Yeah, dude. I yeah, dude. He kind of like just disappeared. Disappears. Absolutely has not played good ball at all. 68.5. They think points are going to go on the board. 16.5 point favorites as well for those Huskies. Simple enough. I'll start us off here. The Washington Huskies get their big time win they've been looking for for the past couple weeks. Nice victory. Kind of show off the offense. Defense yeah, makes enough plays uh, to kind of control the game. Give me the Washington Huskies in this one. 40 to 17. Good Lord, dude. Washington State at one point was 
And my God, have they just gone on the biggest losing streak of their lives? Yep. Like after they beat or they beat Oregon State, they beat Oregon State. Okay, it then they lose sense. to UCLA. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Then they then they lose to UCLA. They get dominated by Arizona. They get collapsed by Oregon. You get they lose. To, oh God, they lost to Arizona State. That's sad. Oh they lost. God. Oh God, they lost to Stanford. <laughs> Ew. And then they lose to Cal by three. Gosh. And then they beat Colorado 50. Yeah, they just they beat the brakes off Colorado. Oh, my Lord. 56 to 14. Yeah, they couldn't stop nothing, though. And then uh, I remember Cam Ward. We were so both high on Cam Ward being the man, being the guy that we think can, like, lead Washington State to a Pac-12 title. Um, taking Washington, I think it's going to, I think Washington is just, uh, the dominant team right now, the most favored team in the Pac-12 besides Oregon. Um, no other Pac-12 team is beating Oregon or Washington. Yeah. Completely. completely. No other Pac-12 team is going to do it unless this weekend proves to me wrong. Um, but I just don't think no other team is doing it. I think Washington wins 45 to 35. I had it closed. I changed my score up. I had it 45 to 42, but I thought that was just a little too close. So 45-35, I think, is a more realistic score to happen. Um, Washington just needs to shut them down on the defensive side of the ball, which I think can happen. All right. Here you go. Let me start this one off. Okay, then we go down. Then we go down to Jordan Harris Stadium where the Alabama Crimson Tide will take on the Auburn Tigers. Bama comes in as 14-point favorites, and guess what? Alabama wins, as they should. I swear to God, if we don't win this game, it's a waste of the season. Um, I just think – I mean, I think Bama's the most – I think Bama's the dominant team. Everybody knows this right now. They're coming off a big win against Chattanooga. Auburn coming off the most disappointing <laughs> loss I think I've ever seen Auburn take in my years of living. I've lived for 23 years, and I've watched football for like 18 of it. Still, I've never seen a terrible loss like that before. Um, I'm taking Alabama 35-10. to 10. I think we get the job done. I think Jalen Milrow puts up 100 yards rushing, 200 yards passing, four touchdowns. Four total touchdowns. And the defense just shuts down. I think defense just goes off. Um, but yeah, that's how that's all I I mean, I just want to start off. There's really not much need to say about this game, Nate. I'll be completely honest with you. It's gonna be a skull dragging. It's gonna be tiger pelts in the great hall of Alabama where we where we lay our nice LSU tiger rug and then we're gonna lay our Auburn tiger rug. Oh, this guy this guy what do you think is comedian? <laughs> ha ha. Dude thinks he's Matt Rife over here. This guy over here. Nah, man. I mean, there's not much to say. I mean, if you really think Auburn's winning this game, you're absolutely insane. You probably should be checked uh, into a mental hospital. It's, I mean, if uh, you're a diehard Auburn fan, I'll applaud you, but hey, I'm gonna look at you like you're stupid. Respect to the the fandom and the you know uh, love for your the team. stupidity. But there's a lot of you know that's it's ignorance at its finest. This is a done deal before it ever happened. It is a rivalry game, so I don't want to. Act like it's impossible, but Auburn's just not a good team this year. They don't have. They're just not, dude. You know, it's just not there yet. Give Freeze a couple more seasons to find find some players because this team is just not built to. Uh, you know, that guy before him was bad. Boise State head coach. How does he get the job? I don't know. Auburn, give him give him a chance. This is not the season. 
Alabama wins this one. I think it's a little fun early on. Maybe Alabama makes a mistake early on. Come oh, what's Auburn got a chance? And then Alabama will figure it out. Late second quarter, take off from there. No, Give it's me- just you go and look at their schedule. You go and look at the schedule. So dub against Massachusetts, that's good. Dub against Cal, dub against Sanford. Okay, three bombs. Three bombs, okay. Then they lose Texas A&M 20 by 17. They lose to Georgia by seven. They get dominated by LSU. They get they barely lose to Ole Miss. They beat Mississippi State. They beat Vanderbilt. They beat Arkansas. Then you find the New Mexico State game. And then you just like, as an Auburn fan, I would just want to just end it all. Probably just eighty six myself. You know what I'm saying? But going on to the next hey, game, I didn't even get my big... score in, dude. Jeez, hey, slow down. We, Thirty four sixteen. Thirty four sixteen. All right, we're good now. That's graceful. That's graceful. I'll give you that. Yeah, give him a it's chance. Graceful. I mean, you got to at this point. I mean, at this at this point in time. But moving on to the next game, we go to the great state of Oregon for Oregon State versus Oregon at Oregon in Eugene. Very big game. Oregon's Oregon's coming in at thirteen and a half point favorites. Um, DJ and his little brother have to play against each other. That's right. And Dan Lanning told DJ's little brother, in the most kindest of ways, please go hit your brother. Yes. Just hit him. Hit him just dominate him. Yeah. So I think um, I think Oregon's going to win this game. I think it's going to be a good game at first. I think it's going to be some clips of what Washington of what what they did against Washington. But ultimately, Oregon with the high powered offense and the way Bo Nix is playing will come out on top. And I think the final score will be forty one to twenty eight. Oregon. Oregon Ducks. Oregon Ducks. Not the Beavers. Oregon Ducks. Yeah, man. I think Oregon State's going to take a lot away from that Washington game and understand. There is a way to beat teams like this, and it is to slow the game down. And I think they're going to try to do that and probably be successful early on. I think we might see a flip-flop of what we saw in the last game with Washington where maybe they slow the game down really a lot in that first half. Maybe even have a lead going into the half, but Oregon will figure it out on offense. I just don't think anyone can really shut down this offense for an entire game. This offense is so freaking good. So, good game early on. Oregon shows their grit, their moxie, and their experience, and the Ducks pull it off 30 to 20. All right, CD. That leads us the in. game of the night. Hey. The game of the possibly, the possibly game of the year. I know I've said this about a lot of teams. It's not even at night. That's so stupid, bro. 11 a.m. kickoff. Man, why they gotta make it a dude? Why is this not a night game? Like, why is this not like prime time college football? Like, I have to go to work during that shit. Like, you know how pissed off I'm gonna be at Sully's walking back and forth. First off, I'm gonna be getting there first so I can get them TV remotes, put the games on already so I know what to have on. Like, I know what I want, and ain't nobody gonna tell me, oh, can we turn on the Southern Miss game? No, no, we can't. (laughs) No, we cannot. We Sorry. don't get that channel. Can we? We don't. We don't get that channel. What channel is it on? We don't. We don't get that channel. We don't get that channel. Can we turn on the Mississippi State? No. Well, no, we can't. They already played. It's already played. Can we turn on? Can we turn on? No, we're not watching anything else. We're watching Michigan and Ohio State because some some freaking reason they put it on at eleven o'clock when this game should be a night game. It makes me mad. Pisses me off. College football. College football committee. Get your shit together and put this game at six o'clock at night 
where everybody can enjoy. Because I have to go wake up in the morning and go to work and walk back and forth and miss almost the entire game. Best believe I'm going to be in this office. I'm going to be in the office at Sully's watching this game. I'm going to be like, screw my tables. Screw everything. I want to watch this game. But, I mean, it's game of the year now. Game of the year. This game decides college football. One of the games. This is one of the games that decides the college football playoffs and who's going to make it and who uh, who's not going to make it, honestly. Yep. It's insane, bro. It's insane. This game has so much on the line. Ah, ah, this is this is college football personified, brother. This is why we watch the sport for these games specifically. You watch them, you know, the LSU-Alabamas when both teams are in it. The L- Alabama-Auburns when they're both in it. Oregon, Washington, you know, we get these games on rare occurrence and, you know, there's a lot of great rivalries, but at the end of the day, this is the greatest in college football. Historically, this one has, it's like nearly 50, 50. It is so, so competitive, so good. And yeah, recently, you know, Michigan's got theirs eight years prior to that for eight straight seasons, Ohio State was running it, but you know, historically, more running it, more like dominating, it, dominating it, but making Michigan their little brother. Yeah, historically, it has been an insanely competitive, you know, rivalry, greatest in college football. And now, your boys, Nate Dog and CDM, get to pick this game with all their expertise and knowledge on college football. CDM, you want me to start, or you want to start? Man, I'll go ahead and start because okay. I feel like I know who you're going to go with. Yeah, I think. And I'm just going to go against you. And I'm taking the man, the myth, the legend. I'm taking Ryan Day and the Ohio State Buckeyes to go into Ann Arbor and revenge the two seasons of losing to Michigan. Now that we find out how they lost to him, now that we find out the reasons behind such two years of great success. We finally get to see where it doesn't matter anymore. Jim Harbaugh is not on the sidelines. You know, a lot of people are going to say, oh, well, cheating doesn't matter. It matters to the people that care about the sport the most, the people who have the fire, the people that have the passion, people who just love college football. And to see cheating, to see cheaters almost prosper cannot be allowed. So Ohio State's going to be the hero. It's what's so I can be your hero, baby. That's the that's what's going to happen. That's what's going to happen. Ohio State's going to go out there. Kyle McCord is going to have the game of his career, and Marvin Harrison Jr. is going to tear up that defense. It's going to carve the secondary up like it's carving turkey on Thanksgiving Day. I'm talking about Kyle McCord, Marvin Harrison Jr., Trayvon Henderson. All of them are going to have their day, and I have the Ohio State Buckeyes. Winning forty-five to thirty-one in Ann Arbor. Sign it, date it, check it, send it. It's happening. I'll see you Saturday. Good night. Not really good night, but you know. Go ahead. Go of, ahead. Take them. A lot of confidence in that pick. Hey man, you gotta have confidence when you have to pick the best. So you know, when I pick the best, I, I, I I'm never wrong. Yeah, as you can tell from my game pick record. Yeah, I probably should defer to you, but screw that. Give me the Wolverines. We're doing it. We're doing. Sharon Moore is doing it. JJ McCarthy is gonna throw twelve Bum, passes, buns. and they're gonna win. Run Mid. the ball, Blake Corum. 
give me the, the only Wolverines. good thing on that team give besides the, the offensive line. It's the only good thing on that offense. It's the only the good thing. Wolverines are doing this, brother. It's the only good thing on the offense is the offensive line of Blake Corum. This guy. JJ McCarthy, mid. You know what Ohio State has? You literally have Marvin Harrison Jr. Okay. You literally have Marvin Harrison Jr. Tell me you don't you know Trayvon ball Henderson. You have Trayvon you Henderson. You have Trayvon Henderson. You have Trayvon Henderson. And then you have Kyle McCord, who, in my opinion, is better than JJ McCarthy because JJ McCarthy's mid, dude. He's he's trash. Can't hit a deep ball. At least Kyle McCord may underthrow him, but at least he has Marvin Harrison Jr. to go up there for it. Yeah. I think that Ohio State's offense is ten times better than Michigan's offense. I think I think running the ball, Michigan ultimately has the game won. But if you're going off run, explosiveness, passing, wide receiver depth, wide receiver uh, elusiveness, we're going Ohio State, mm-hmm. and that's no deal. And then you get to the defensive side of the ball, where Ohio State's defense has been battle tested and ready for this team, ready for this game, ready to come back for some revenge. Mm-hmm. Who's our Michigan? What's Michigan's defense played like? It's Michigan's defense played what? Crappy Penn State offense. No offense. Mm. A decent Maryland team that put up the most points they've allowed all season. Mm. I mean, I know we've talked about Washington peaking, but has Michigan peaked yet? Has Michigan hit the peak, hit the pinnacle of where they're supposed to be? Mm. I think they have. Mm. I don't think Michigan is even ready for the playoffs because you know why? Because they're going to drop out, they're not going to win. Ohio State, you're not going to put a one-loss Michigan team in over a one-loss Georgia or a one-loss Bama or a one-loss Washington or maybe, yeah, you you probably put them over a one-loss Washington. But it doesn't matter because they're not going to make the Big Ten championship. They're going to have to sit at home while Jim Harbaugh cries himself to sleep while he's debating on whether he's going to get fired or not. And then J.J. McCarthy's going to be like at home crying, you know, with his black eye paint scrolling down because he's – because he's just not that good. Kyle McCord, Marvin Harrison Jr., take us to the promised lands. You're done. You're done. Well, finally, I get to talk. Carson's a long-winded rant about this delusional, you know, Ohio State, you know. Delusional. Here. Yeah. Yeah. I know you live. It's true. Listen, love your passion. I understand where you're coming from, but you're an idiot. <laughs> Michigan is winning it all. Michigan, no, easy, not the championship. They're beating the Ohio State Buckeyes. This is over. Done you're deal. Crack. This is done deal. Sharon Moore is about to pull off the unexpected, even though they're favored, which is crazy that they're favored in this game. I don't know how that works out. Who's uh, favored in this game? Michigan, three-point favorites. Son of a. First time that's ever happened in a long time. Not even last year? Nope. This has been Not even the year before. It's been a long time since they've been favored. Son of a... Actually, that pays on... Actually, no, no, no. No, no. That plays into Ohio State's favor... It does. ...of adversity in in their face. It does. That's what's going to happen. They have adversity on. They have a chip on their shoulder. Oh, they're favored by three. Let's go beat them by ten. Oh, they're favored by three. Let's go put up... 45 points and dominate the entire game. That's hilarious. This guy is crazier as the, the minutes pass. Michigan is winning ah, this uh, game. Michigan is Ohio State's winning the game. Give me the Wolverines. 26-24 game-winning field goal. 
Game over. You know, I hope they bobble the snap like they did against Michigan State and they run it back. Oh, yeah. If they if that happened, you know, I don't cry. have any emotional connection to Michigan, but I do. Ohio State beat us one time in the playoffs. Yeah, why are you rooting for this team? Because I don't support cheaters, Nathan. Unlike you, you don't. You have no proof. You have no proof. <laughs> You're a crackhead. You smoke crack. You smoke methamphetamines. They call me Walter. Like, White. oh my god. Oh, my Lord. That's okay. We'll find out this Saturday at 11 o'clock in Ann Arbor. But I think that will cover College Kings episode 12. Give me the Wolverines. You just had to ruin it. You just had, you just had to add the input in there. Go give me the Buckeyes. Okay. 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 Yes. Are we do, done? That'll do our podcast. Yes, it will. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Man, oh, good one. so sad. Yeah, it's, it's so, so sad. sad. All right, uh, you can uh, you can follow us on our social medias right there. Uh, on our social right there, it shows you right there. YouTube, you got to see it to believe it. But yeah, follow us, Nate Dog Sports. Come on, y'all. Y'all know what to do. TikTok is on the horizon. The app has been downloaded. So, uh, oh, you finally did it. Yeah, no one, no one finally. Got me to do it, so I'm proud of you. Yeah, it's a it's a stepping stone in Nathan's life, Nate Dog's life, and uh, it's about time. It's about time. So uh, expect a TikTok on the horizon. We do want to apologize for all the technical difficulties. We promise that will be fixed for next week as well. The Zoom, absolutely. The Zoom was the culprit. We figured that out. So yeah, Zoom just sucks. Zoom sucks. So we figured out what it was, and we are we're gonna we're gonna have a stern talking to with the Zoom in this. Uh, uh, after this podcast but thank y'all for all who watched and listened to couch kings episode 13 cdm what is your favorite rivalry in all of sports is it auburn alabama is it michigan Ohio oh in all of sports all of oh sports. in all of sports dude there's so much dude oh my goodness in all of sports american sports right oh well, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Things, okay things yeah, we just know. making sure and just making sure you know you know what's going you know could have picked two you know could have picked the World Cup qualifier round. Could have know. picked war. Um, could have picked what? Nothing. Say war. <laughs> My best. It's the best one. <laughs> I don't know the best rivalry to meet in sports. Mm, I could be a homer and say the Iron Bowl, um, but I mean, oh man, there's so many good ones. Oh, uh, Boston Yankees. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah, I'm Boston th- Yankees. I'm thinking Boston thinking. Lakers. That's what I'm thinking. I think Nolan would support either one of those. Yeah, Nolan, Nolan, Nolan being Boston the Boston fan. fan that he is, I think that he would support those. Yeah. There's some NFL ones you could throw in there. Obviously, Michigan, Ohio State, Auburn, Alabama. So there's no disrespect being thrown around, but. Too many Cowboys, games. Eagles, Cowboys, Cowboys, Giants. You know, I mean, there's that's some... not a rivalry anymore. That's just yeah, that's fair. That's, fair. <laughs> that's just beating us. The big brother beating up the little brother. Just beat downs. Just the beat downs. Just murder. Uh, well, I think that'll I think that'll do us, guys. Y'all have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Thank yes. y'all for tuning in. Um, it's just getting closer to the end, man. <sighs> so, sad. So, sad. so sad. But we will catch y'all next time on College Kings. Peace.
Deuces.